I would say the other thing that makes us unique is the integrity. Um, I have integrity. Very long ago, when I was very young, I established some core principles, you know, kind of like a code of honor thing. Mm. And one of those core code pillars. Of the ninja. Yeah, code of the ninja. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So one of those core pillars was, was integrity. And integrity, I discovered throughout life, is, is very difficult to retain. But if you do retain your integrity in any or all facets of life, I mean, it will take you on this beautiful path, this beautiful journey. Surprisingly enough, last week we had the Doylestown Ninja on the show, if you haven't seen that already. Um, I didn't expect this to happen, but we've got back-to-back ninjas <laughs> on the episode today. Today, last minute, kind of, we have the Wire Ninjas, Jose and Steve. They're working on a project with us right now. Um, and, you know, we've met on site and had some dealings over the last couple of months. And you guys have just been, you know, a legit good time every time. I've met with you. So when I heard you guys were staying local, I was like, well, why don't we waste some of your time this evening and we can do a podcast? So thanks for coming by. Um, I appreciate that. But honestly, you guys had really nothing else to do tonight, I don't think. No, I mean, we didn't. Not a waste of time, though. We're very grateful and, you know, humbled to be here. Uh, We do appreciate the invite. Um, But yes, we are ninjas, a different kind of ninjas. Uh, We are wire ninjas. And that term comes from, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but it's kind of like an insider term. Uh, Back when I honed my original skills with electronics or circuits, let's say, you know, DC electronics, uh, I honed them in the automotive setting, Uh, you know, install and repair in an automotive fashion. Back when people had needed to put LCD screens or LED, like screens in their dash before that was a thing. Pretty much, yeah. And um, I will say that, so... In, in the automotive field or particularly like audio video remote starts, that kind of thing, you'll see on forums like this term wire ninjas. And it's referenced as someone who's a beast because when you, when you put a remote start in like, let's say an older car, like nowadays much different. Nowadays, you buy a harness, a kit, you plug shit in. Like you just plug it in and you pro- a little bit of programming, that's it. But back when I was doing it, um, on a daily basis, you were using Ohm's Law to calculate and build circuits that were necessary so using Ohm's law as well as, you know, like simple ICs like transistors, resistors, diodes, capacitors, these things you had to uh, build circuits to achieve what you wanted. So if you're a beast at this, you're a wire ninja. Um, something I'm familiar with and insiders should be. And uh, so I took that and I was like, wire ninjas. It's the best name that I could ever think of. It's cool that that name has that much um, there's a lot behind it. substance. It. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's like, awesome. it's not just like some cool name. It's actually like something that exists. Mm-hmm. And of course, marketable, very brandable. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it. It really. Um, I mean, even if you didn't have all that, y- it really adequately describes what you do. So, because now that you're working in houses, like nobody likes sloppy wire jobs, especially not on like projects that we do. Like, it's really, it's very, as, as like the manager of a project, I like when I see everybody, especially the electrician or any AV company that comes in, um, when everything's like real clean and labeled and just looks good, it just makes me like, it makes me feel confident in, you know, you guys as the installer, it makes us look good to the customer because they're like, oh, wow, like this is way better than I would have done. I'm like, yeah, obviously. That's one thing I do want to touch on. So when I did meet you, uh, you said to me, uh, you're the first AV guy that didn't creep me out. 
Yeah. And that, that resonated with me. Yeah. That's hilarious. You said yeah. that too. I remember that. I remember yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. No, Ryan Rumor aside, because we're friends with one of the guys yeah. from Worldwide Stereo, yeah. but he doesn't necessarily do what you do. He's more okay. in like a sales role. Okay. Um, but like we've had we've had a you know, our fair share of A V companies come through our office or pitch us at like trade events or different things. And I'm always like Dude, I don't even want to put my phone down near you because you'll be hacking me or something. Like, I don't know what's up here. Like, it's just like you get these weird vibes. Like, maybe it's just like they're so passionate about what they do that, like, they're not people, people. Well, it resonated with me because, honestly, that's what I've seen, too. Like, I've met a few. Like, we've tried to interact with a few companies, help a few companies, and (laughs) they creep me out, too. Like, I've never met an AV guy that didn't creep me out. (laughs) <laughs> oh, they've said some wild They're, shit to me. I've had, like, AV camera guys. Like, we work on um, a lot of homes that need to be, like, maintained very, like, securely. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've had, like, different camera companies or things walk in, and they're like, yeah, yeah, you can still get into this system if you uh, know. Like, And I'm like, whoa, whoa, That's whoa. Like, <laughs> weird shit like that. Or, like, people will be like, what's the word with the audio people? An audio file. Where they literally, like, they'll meet the customer, and I'll be like, hey, look, you're meeting the customer. Dial it back. And they'll <laughs> get in there, and they'll be like, well, you want to, like, zip the bit to the B5, and then we come in here. And it's just like the customer's like, what? <laughs> just make the sound sound good. Like, yeah. I want to listen to... I want to listen to Queen in every room in my house. Make it happen. And they walk away, and the dude's, like, all upset because they're, like, they're not as passionate as I am. And I'm, like, dude, no, they're not. They want the music coming out of the ceiling, and that's all they care about. Like, respect it. So, when I, yeah, I mean, I come off very, like, I'm very, I'm a very direct person. Yeah. Sometimes to a fault. So, when I was, like, hanging out with you guys, I was just, we were on site with the customer. And just, like, you were very passionate, but you were also very, like, go with the like you were just very flow like you're like yeah whatever you guys want to do and you were providing your insight and like hey we could do this we could do that you don't need to do this you weren't trying to like on this project one you could easily oversell yeah the project but you like i've seen you multiple times be like that would be too much yeah so like you keep it within like a lot of the the people in your position they try and like blow it out Mm -hmm. they don't read the customer very well and see, like, oh, you're not trying to build, like, you know, AMC 4 in your fucking house. Like, you just want, you just need this level. Or you need, and you, but you also look out for people. You're like, hey, yep. with Wi-Fi demands, like, you might want to do this thing. Like, and people, the way you just, like, speak and articulate yourself, people are, seem very comfortable around you. So, with clients, I keep it simple. And it's it's very simple. So, when I meet a client or when someone becomes my client, I, I consider myself their attorney. I look out for their best interest. Mm. Most guys, they're looking out for their own best interest, their yeah. pocket. You know what I'm saying? Like, I treat things much differently. So when I meet a client, you know, I look out for their best interest. And I put their wants, their needs, and their happiness above all. Very simple process that I use to establish myself with the client. And it's because I look to build a lifelong relationship with these people. You know, I'm not trying to hammer them over the head and blow the budget out and, hey, we made money, but that's not what I'm trying to do. (laughs) And it really isn't about money for us. But I would say the other thing that makes us unique is the integrity. Um, I have integrity. 
very long ago when I was very young, I established some core principles, you know, kind of like a code of honor thing. Mm. And one of those core code pillars. Of yeah, <laughs> code of the ninja. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so one of those core pillars was was integrity. And integrity, I discovered throughout life, is is very difficult to retain. But if you do retain your integrity in any or all facets of life, I mean, it will take you on this beautiful path, this beautiful journey. Yeah. And that is for the most part why I'm here today. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's brought me here. Integrity has brought me a very long way. How old were you when you established that? Honestly, dude, first, I would say uh, fifth grade. Okay. Around fifth grade, I remember when I was a child, like, I would steal, like, gum or candy or stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, what kid And around wouldn't? fifth grade, I actually had the, the ability to have the awareness to have introspection and say, like, this is wrong. You know, I realized what I was doing is wrong on some level. Like, I didn't know why. I didn't know what's behind it. Did you feel bad about it or you were just kind of, like, thinking about Prior after, to after then, you no, just pilfered some candy? After, in retrospect, like, I did. I, I, I had some form of introspection, which is crazy for someone that young. And I said, I'm never doing this again. And that's when I established, started establishing these these principles by which to live. You know, mm. a modus operandi. You know, how do I work? That's mo for those people that yeah. don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> people are like, "What's what's the criminal's mo?" You know, I used to think it was mode of operation. Well, it's the same technically. Thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think, Me, yeah. Modus operandi is Latin for like means of operation. Oh. English forward, Latin backward, kind of thing. You know. Yeah. yeah. Unagi. Unagi. Yeah, do you follow the ninja principles? Go yeah, on, pay bad. attention. Yeah, I need to, I'm writing these down. <laughs> <laughs> you candy stealer. Yeah, right. So, Wire Ninjas, I probably should introduce the company. So, what we do is, um, we're kind of unique in the way we operate, but what we do is generally along the same as a lot of other companies. Uh, we just do it a little bit differently. We try to raise or exceed our own standards and try to push that into the industry as much as we can. Like we want to do things better than everybody else so that everyone can take from us and learn from us and, and get their self higher. And I will say uh, we have had this effect on a lot of companies. Like a lot of companies have reached out to me yeah, and from Australia to Arizona to California. I mean, people from all over the, the globe are reaching out and looking at the way I do things and taking from that. And to me, that's beautiful. You know, uh, one big thing for me is that if I can offer someone some type of help, you know, in their path, in their life, in their career, to me, that's beautiful and priceless. Yeah. So, you know, initially when I started the company, uh, not long after, I realized that the company, you know, as opposed to looking at it as a business, you, you look at it as, as the social aspect of it and say, this company can do a lot for a lot of people. And that's what this was the motivating factor in in. in putting so much of my time and effort into this thing. So were you, year. were you, how many years have you been in business now? So I, I registered with the state of New Jersey in 2018. I was still working for an AV company. I didn't do anything with the business until late 2019, August, mm -hmm. September, 2019, I would say. Um, and it's because I was still working for this company, but I wasn't happy there in a few ways. And the main thing was, was we were doing installs. We were doing work that I wasn't happy with, you know, it, it lacked integrity. And I couldn't take any more. I just left and started the company with uh, nothing, <laughs> not not literally nothing, not even a car. They, you know, they they cut my. They were suffering as a company, so I had like no hours every week. So I basically had no money, uh, no car, just crashed the car. Okay. So <laughs> I I virtually started with nothing, and so what I did was I borrowed a car. I started mounting TVs all day, every day, fifteen hour days, just mounting TVs. How did you find that those like leads? Like how did you 
TV. What do you mean TV leads? Yeah, yeah like TV how to like were people just hitting you up on Craigslist, being like, uh, "You're no, the no, TV no. So mounted." I was paying for marketing, you know. Okay. I had, a, you know, um, so but the TV leads in particular are rough. It's a rough gig to be mounting TVs all day. A uh, couple things: logistics. Uh, nobody TVs in particular. People don't want to spend a lot of money to mount a TV. They don't even want to spend what it's worth your time to mount a TV. So it's very difficult to get by on mounting TVs all day. That's why I was doing five or six homes a day, you know what I'm saying, mm. driving around. And um, it was rough, but what happened was I scaled what I knew to do up. And the way I did that was I established SOP, protocols. So you let's say you build a circuit from a TV to a lower portion, you know, media cabinet. You know, it's three to five feet. So I established protocols on how to do things properly, how to build circuits properly, you know, how to terminate them, how to finish them, how to validate them. So I established all these protocols and then scaled them up to, you know, bigger. So I go from mounting a TV, running an HDMI to, you know, let's say a longer run throughout a home. I need Wi-Fi here. I need data here. And then that scaled up even more where I started wiring up entire homes. And one of the reasons why I will say we are so good at what we do is because we do a ton of retro. We do a ton of finished wall work. Mm. I don't know many people or many companies that are capable of doing an entire home with finished walls, you know, wiring up this entire home for data, audio, video, uh, keeping the cuts at a minimum and being efficient while doing so and having good end results. So you like what you're saying for those that don't understand potentially get we'll, we'll target Gilmar. Yeah, I'm Target. dumb. I don't know anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gilmar doesn't know anything. I don't know anything. He's our test subject. Yeah. Um, so basically, what you're saying is the wall, the home is finished. It yes. could be just drywall, or it could be completely finished. Like someone has moved in and is living in this house, and you have to run wires from like a master bedroom down through the first floor into the basement to a room where all your control elements are in, and that requires you to like kind of hack the walls up or. Yep. You know, most people are just kind of slamming hammers and just cutting holes in walls. You're going through very precisely and being like, well, we could take it through here and get it in here. And we could get it all the way down to the basement and make three holes. And people are like, what? Yep. So we keep yeah, cuts to that's a minimum. Awesome. We use specialized equipment. One big thing, and I don't, I don't know about plugs, but I don't mind plugging them because they're an American company. Mm. It's called Magnuspot. Uh, I've talked to the dude, the owner. He's in Texas. Super cool dude. Lifetime warranty on this thing. It's two devices, and we use it almost every day. We used it today, um, even in open walls. Um, it's two devices, a transmitter and a receiver. So the transmitter will transmit to up to four feet of concrete. So you place the transmitter. Let's say you have an interior wall here, right? Place a transmitter. You need a camera here, or you need you know any type of wire circuit device here. You place a transmitter, it transmits through the wall, and the locator finds it. I mean, exact, to Damn. a T. It lines up, four arrows light up, and then you know where exactly to drill. So it's perfect for exterior runs. Like, let's say and what's that piece of equipment called? It's Can called you Magnuspot. Can you pull that up and email it to me? Dude, if you do any type of work in you know construction, Magnuspot is, I mean, it will save you millions of hours of uh, time. Oh, okay, I've seen this before. Yes, it's yeah, actually yeah. awesome. The other one, the other one, click the other one. Oh, no, back out. Yeah, back out. That's some, yeah, this Magnuspot, one? the XR. To the no, right. The, to the right, yep, that's it. That's the guy right there. You always go for the thousand. Dude, this thing is wonderful. It's that's not that much money either. Two hundred bucks. I mean, you don't even have to measure. No measuring, nothing. That's you insane. find your, you find it in seconds. 
So basically, you everywhere you're going that you need to make a hole through something, you're putting it on one side. Steve's on floor. one side of the wall. You're on the other, and you're like, boom, boom, here we are. Floor to floor, wall to wall in seconds. No okay, so nothing. you can – yeah, I didn't even think about doing it on the horizontal. That's yeah, crazy. because there's there's a lot of liability when you're drilling anything, you know? Yeah, especially when you guys are coming in last. In the home we're working on now, all yep. the walls are open and everything. Yes. Is that like kind of like – is that, like, nice well, for you guys? It's, I mean, <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely wonderful. We do a lot of bare studs nowadays, but we were doing almost all finish work for the first, you know, year and a half, two years. Um, but Magna Spot's wonderful because even it, exterior runs where you have siding, where you have specialized materials, stone, stuff like that, where you literally cannot screw this up, yeah. it sa- I mean, it saves you, and it takes seconds. Oh, that's awesome. you know exactly where the, where the drill bit's coming out. And is this a product you knew about? from previous experience or did you kind of stumble it's upon funny this because i actually held off i knew about it for maybe six months and i looked at it, i'm like this thing's awesome but i held off for a while and i was like yeah i don't need that thing once i bought it it changed my life <laughs> yeah it really did change my life i mean it kills the liability and it makes you your crew extremely efficient mm. and confident too because a lot of guys i mean so many i've met other companies av security companies and they're pulling wires all day they don't use this they, they have no idea about it that's uh, why I, figured I'd get check. It out there. I, I could take you through houses where it's like oh how many holes did you drill before you decided <laughs> to run your wires through this and it's like oh drilled here hit a metal beam oh drilled here that's not going to work. I can't fit my wires there. Oh, drilled here. And it's like, I, I, uh, I had the privilege of working for an, an ex-girlfriend of mine. Her dad owned like an electrical company. Okay. And when I was just getting started out in construction, like I wasn't always filled with work. Yeah. So like one, and I remember we were doing, we were running wire in these like con, it wasn't, it was like townhouses and it was like 10 townhouses and we had to rough in all the houses and he pretty much, by we, I mean, he, like, left me where, where with the boxes, helped me do the first one, and said, here, you can do that nine more times. And I learned so much about, like, how to get wires. And, and these were, this was new construction, so, like, there was a little bit, it wasn't as hard as what you guys are doing and finished. But I learned and, like, got, like, such a fondness and respect that, like, if you looked at house one to house number ten, yep. my wires were, like, in house number ten, there was, like, no wasted wire. Like, I knew exactly, because it was the same house 10 times, I was able to be like, all right, this is exactly, because, like, the first one, you're like, oh, dude, pull this wire, and it's like, oh, that's not going to work. I could pull it all the way back down and do it over and over, and then you realize, like, if I just take a little bit of time and, like, think about where I'm going to take this wire, like, the, the end result was so much cleaner. So now, you know, I don't even know how many years later, at least 12 to 15 years later, when I look at people's, like the electrician we have working on that house, they're top notch. Yeah. Like that company, we, I forget how we found them, but I'm friends with the owner now. We have such a respect for how they do things. Yeah. But like you, once you get to that level where the wire work is very clean and everything is very straight and there's no like spaghetti wires. If you know what you're doing, it's you can awesome. almost immediately tell, just look at a panel and you're like, all right, these guys double thumbs up or uh. <laughs> yeah the guys that are wiring that house in the city their reputation is pretty incredible like they the the guy who owns the company is ron fishter and yep. it's ron fish electric and on all of his panels before the meter goes in like for the cut card inspection he'll draw a fish on the cardboard so when the inspector shows up he's like Ron's been here <laughs> and they literally like it's at the point now where he's done so much work in in the city and like South Jersey that like the inspectors 
know that symbol, even if they don't know him. That's badass. So, and like the way that he brings the wires in and like, there's no, it, it, like where the breakers are in the panel makes sense. Yeah. The, the wire work, when you pull the panel apart, like the way the wires are bent and pulled in, like, it's not like they just pulled them in and just stuffed them into the, to the terminal. Clean bend. It's like literally like boom, boom. Everything is like, it looks like a spaceship. Yeah. It's beautiful. And there's been times where we've taken, we stopped taking pictures of his work because other people were called. And this is like, like we were probably getting him a ton of phone calls, which we were happy to do, but it got, he got so busy that we were like, damn it, Ron, we're stopping promoting you cause we need you back. <laughs> um, but it's funny cause when people see like even inexperienced people that know nothing about construction would see pictures of his work and they would be like, Oh, I, I trust that that guy can come and change the outlet in my kitchen that's been broken for 15 years. Like yeah. they were calling him for just nonsense purely because of how clean his wires looked. Well, that aesthetic data, I call it like mm. aesthetic data or optical data. Um, it's a good thing and a bad thing. Humans, I feel like we overvaluate that optical data. It's a good thing because in this case, we can see, and what we see, you can just see it has integrity. You know what I'm saying? That's exactly you can see that's that. Ron's picture. So right? immediately you're like, yeah, no problem. Let's get this guy over here. I thought maybe you just pulled a picture from Google. I'm sorry no, I disrespected I, you like that. Yeah, no, I went on Ron and <laughs> looked up his shit. Yeah, see, like everything is no, just beautiful. perfect. And, you know, if you're listening to this and you're thinking like, oh, my guy's that good. Is that Court Street? Where is that? Uh, I have no idea. No, Warbur Park. You store, like, it's a commercial building. Look at that. It's like f single fees. Um, his work is just so clean. Um, so how did you two guys get linked up? Well, that's my brother. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys have been linked up. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask because I kind of like I vaguely saw I saw it in the nose and the eyes. Yeah. I was like, dude, you guys kind of have the same vibe. How many? Like yeah. How many? How many um, years apart are you guys? I don't know. I'm turning 25 this year. What so. if he was like, yo, I'm 18, drinking yeah. it, drinking <laughs> it? <laughs> I would have been like, oh, that's a Mountain Dew. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're 25. How old are you? Uh, I think 31. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I'm 31 now. Are you an ageist? Are you like a yeah, kid? Yeah, I, do, I don't like aging. It's not cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to retain my youth. I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough. It's a never-ending process. Well, I wasn't going to ask you how old you were at first because I, like, I had no idea. I definitely would have said, I guess 31 now that I've heard it makes sense. Yeah. But I definitely wouldn't have said much older than that. Yeah. So that's cool. You guys got a few years between you guys. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I started out and when I was in business for myself. My brother had no choice. I was just like, hey, man, I'll see you tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, dude, you, you bring your drill. <laughs> like, I'll see you out there. And then... We, uh, we had our ups and downs working together just because I was, like, just a young, shitty leader in my, like, early 20s. Um, and I kind of just, like, expected more of him than, you know. Well, like, it's just, like, you put the pressure on. I put pressure on him that, like, I was feeling just because I was, like, dude, you're my brother. So, like, you're just, you're in this. And then eventually he was just, he was in it. Um, he's in the military now, but like he's, he's talking now about like when he gets out, like what is his role in this operation now that we've grown it to like where it is now. And I'm like, dude, you have a place here no matter what. Like I very much miss having him around. Cause it's like you, when your brother's around, it's kind of like, I don't know. 
It's well, a it's a little bit different than just having like your first employee. It's a tough thing owning and operating. I would say probably any business, any company, mm-hmm. because like we've had our conversations and very similar to what you've gone through. Um, I'm not the best manager. I'm an excellent technician. I am. I just happen to be a good salesman, in my opinion, because of my charisma. Because I'm genuine. You you know, people meet. You're me passionate. Yeah, you know, they 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 see they see it. You know, and it's. It's tough managing people when you're not trained to do so. You know what I'm saying? I had a little bit of leadership training in previous employment, stuff like that. But um, day-to-day on site, you know, um, I, you know, we've had our conversations. I tell him, like, no matter who you are and what role, what occupation, we're all growing, learning, and evolving as people, as professionals. Yeah. So I think the key to anything is communication, you know, to have these talks and say, listen, I'm not the best manager, Let's talk about things, what can be improved, stuff like that. You know, you do your daily or weekly chats, whatever it is, or you, or you get mad and fight and talk it out after that. Mm. That's only happened maybe one or two times, you know, after some... Uh, Steve's like day, five times. Ten <laughs> days straight work. <laughs> but... That's how... I, the reason I also, besides like facially that I thought you guys were brothers, when you told me like your schedule for this week. Yeah. And I was like what like you you either started a cult and he's in it or or, or like th- this dude shares some blood with you because the only when i was you know new in business the only person like we have some great people working here that would probably go to the end of the earth for the company now but like when i was first starting out like you didn't you didn't have that momentum yeah and like my brother do we we would do commercial work and like commercial fit outs and like we went down to like like mayor like all like other states where it was like dude we worked like 14 15 hour days stayed in a shitty hotel worked for two weeks straight came home and like i you know i paid him like i basically treated him like my business partner like i wasn't that financially smart in terms of business back then either so it was just (laughs) like dude this is how we did like here's your here's your cut like it's the same as mine so like this is what we're doing and we would improve from there um, so that's, that's awesome. That makes me really happy to hear that you guys are, I mean, it's similar, dude. Like we'll go, f- we've done Connecticut, right? Connecticut, Connecticut, Long Island. Long Island, even down to the Hamptons, it's like three and a half hours away from where yeah. we are. Damn. We're here. This is about two hours. How come you have to like, do you have to go that far because of like the work kind of demands of it? Or like, why do you so, need to? At this point in time, you know, I scaled down. I used to have more staff. I scaled down and I decided it's best if I scale down, take care of me, take care of him. That's my priority. And I think part of the value in this company is that me and this kid can live a great life and we have the ability to choose which projects we want to work on. Mm. So like the Hamptons project that, you know, I'm being asked to take on, I want to take it on. Mm. So I do the work that I want to, and I make sure that, you know, clients, like, I'm looking to build a relationship. So some, not everyone clicks with everybody, you know what I'm saying? So, like, if you're if you're my client, you're my client. If you're not, you're not. And it's best for both of us, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, so I use a little bit of, uh, how do you say, scrutiny there and, and pick and choose the projects that I want to be on. Like with Megori, I met him. He reached out to me, and I told him, I was like, dude, I genuinely like you. I was like, I want to do this project. Yeah, he's a cool guy. Yes, he really is a cool guy, and that's why we're here. You know yeah, he's very, he's very, I've never had a homeowner um, this involved. That's one thing that got me involved because I'm like, dude, you're actually passionate about this. I was like, I want to do this for you. And it holds me to like a higher standard because I have to like, he has the detailed questions. He's in, mm-hmm. He's truly interested in like, understanding what the process is and it's not like some people 
will ask those questions and they're you can tell they're just trying to like they're just trying to f- make sure you're not slipping so with him he's like he it's like the journey he's on this like ride and he's like he's riding it and he's he's asking not because he's like scrutinizing you but he's actually like interested in like if there's something that he hears that he could help with or anything like that so it's been a little bit um different for me to get used to that yeah um i've appreciated it since the beginning there has been a few times where i'm like oh my god dude like let me get a breath here and try and figure this out before I get back to you. Like I have yeah. to like, sometimes with him, like you can't respond right away with his questions. Cause you have to like, you're like, Oh, you're, you have to, I was like, I, I got to dig into this a little bit more and get back to you. And he's like, he's like, okay, cool. Like we'll talk, you know, this time where some customers are like, when you tell them that they're just like, oh, okay. And then they never ask the question ever again with him. He's kind of like, he's going to follow up on that. Yeah. See the other side. And what I mean is like take McGorry or someone of his caliber and then, Another client, like, we've done a ton of home cinemas, home theaters, whatever you want to call them. And a lot of those clients are, they want a theater just to say they have a theater. You know, it's more of like a showboat kind of superficial piece. And there's nothing wrong with me going and performing the work and getting paid good money to do so. But I'd rather work for the guy that, like, it's his past. Like, he actually cares about the work. Like, Like, he's been... He's been doing research for months, if not years. He's picked everything out that he wants. He wants the right guy to do it. You know, somebody that actually wants a cinema room because it's their passion as opposed to someone who just wants to purchase a cinema room to say they have one. We have seen a lot of that. You know, It is a flex. I'd rather work for the guy that's passionate about it than the guy who's flexing. That's what it comes down to. We have a customer who we built their – we finished their house in 2020 – Keep trying to get Gilmar in there. Well, Gilmar's taking pictures of that house, but you haven't been in the audio room. I have. You have you listened to music with him? Yeah, the second I no, I have listened to music. Oh, the okay, because he's like, check out my room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had a customer who's like 100% an audiophile. He's written for magazines. Like he has a room, and uh, my business partner and I went um, with our wives to dinner to their house a few months ago, mm-hmm. and like towards the end of the night, he's like step in step into the room and the room has like special insulation the way this the you know there's insulation between the studs and the drywall Mm -hmm. that like separate the screws so there's no like vibration there's acoustics to it and he has these custom built by him speakers in there that's pretty cool and like they're all controlled in this amplifier system in his basement and then back up to this like mini laptop he has and he had every song on there ever yeah lossless audio too flax we listened to music and like the audio quality in this room was outrageous. I like when we left there with my wife, I was just kind of like, I would spend a hundred grand on speakers. No questions asked. <laughs> like after hearing that, and like I've been to places that sell speakers like that and heard it, but like with the room, the way with the acoustics and how he explained it to us, I was like, I would spend this much money on a room because the, like, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, like, listening to songs at that, like, crispness. with Scratching just like, your head. You're just sitting there just, like, you feel like the, like, we listened to Queen and Led Zeppelin, and you literally felt like they were singing it right in front of That's you. Imaging. in In the room. Yes. And you close your eyes and just, like, I'm like, I could sit in this room all day. Yes. So... Do you ever get an opportunity to like work on systems like that, or is that just kind of like a a white whale where you're just so? Like uh, we have done a couple crazy rooms, but I will say that a room of that caliber, 
more times than not is built by a guy this passionate about it. Audiophiles generally do the work themselves because they're that involved, mm. because they're that stringent. Um, so I'm going to be like the one-off guy that calls you and be like, I know nothing about this, but I want to listen to this. I mean, we've done so. We've done a room. Uh, it's like 100k in equipment alone. Yeah, 100k in equipment. But this guy, I mean, he did it more so for the fact that he wanted to say he had the room. Yeah, see, that's <laughs> he, terrible. He, it's, dude, 100k in equipment. He almost never uses the room, home cinema room, projector alone yeah. 20k. The the you know the trade-off processors like 20k like. Just two pieces, 40K right there. Like, I mean, um, budget-wise, it was insane, but the guy really has no passion for the thing. Yeah. Um, I totally, like, prior to going into that room, we've gone to, like, listening centers and taken customers to, like, see systems and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, these speakers are how much? And they'd be like, oh, they're 60 grand a piece. And I'd be like, interesting. That's ridiculous, but interesting. But, like, throughout, like, through this experience, I got in my car and I was like, I understand yes. how and why you would spend that much money on speakers. And I like I think I would probably do like a home theater room just to make it a little bit more util like we'll yes. get a little bit more utility yes. out of it. But I'd probably be okay with no TV in the room. Really? Like it was that's, that good? It was that good. <laughs> like he had the way the couch was set up, like you literally felt like there should be a hookah in the room, some incense, and just like put the music on and this just oh, uh, is this a picture of it? Well that's the difference yeah, that's between the room. a good room and a great room. A great room, a truly great room is magic and it makes you think about everything you've heard up until that point, every system you've heard up until that point. And you hop in your car and you're like, My speakers are shit. <laughs> yeah, like see where the wires run into like the entire way the room was designed, like like everything in that room, he would show up on site and be like, this is exactly where I need this box. This is exactly where I need the conduit to run through. I need the conduit to be glued a certain way. Like everything was so thought out that I was like, what is this man up to? And then months and like over a year later, you know, we got to check it out. And I was like, I respected the amount of effort that we had put into the room for him. Yeah. Like the doors were insulated. Like everything was thought about by him. And that's the only other customer we've had that's been involved the way Sean is. So like when I had Sean, you know, come across our plate, I was kind of like, this is going to be, you know, another opportunity to kind of experience someone who's not just building a house to like build a nice house. It's someone that's building a nice house, but like also wants to know their home. Yeah. And that's rare for us. Yeah, but that's exactly what I'm saying. And what you're hitting on is, you know, you have two different people. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like two different clients. There's clients that really actually care about what they're doing. And it's just like, it's not a matter of, you know, good or bad, negative. It's just like you want to work for that guy. You know what I'm saying? You want to make his dream come true. This is the customer we want. Yes. Yeah. So, and it's really, it's really cool. Like, how many employees did you have at your, at your largest? At my peak, five. Yeah. Now I got Steve and one floater. Yeah, so he kind of does other stuff on the side. So as well yeah, as floater. He's going for his master's program. You know, he's got school and stuff like that. Okay. So um, when he can work, he comes. So when he can, yeah, I'll throw him days and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. um, you know what I realized, and <laughs> it's not what I originally thought. Like, but back before I started the business, I thought it'd be a whole like crew of people wiring up a house. You know, whether it's electrical or AV or whatever it is. But then I realized it's just two guys. That's really all you need. Um. And besides that, I mean, it's it's hard to keep the quality of work, you know, the superb quality when you scale up the crew, unless you're there and micromanaging or s- overseeing every single thing. Or you do. S- or you take 
Steve and you add one more guy and you train him for a few years or two years well, and make sure he has the integrity and if he doesn't, you get rid of him. Well, it takes years to train anybody, especially for what we do because we're constantly taking on new types of projects, new types of systems, you know, whether it's an access control or, you know, a Wi-Fi network. Um, every system is proprietary, has its own language, programming, hardware, and you got to figure all that before you deploy it, you know what I'm saying? So we're constantly, or I'm constantly on my toes learning something new so that I can make the current client happy. That was my next question is like, how fast is the technology changing that you have to adapt to? So technology, I would say it's not like cars. Cars is worse because every year making model is different. Yeah, <laughs> that was fun. But no, um, a lot of things stay the same, um, and it's because like we've been wiring Cat Six A for how long now? <laughs> a year, year and a half. Like only very short into our my journey, I decided like, hey, why don't we just use the best wire we can, which happened to be Cat Six A without complicating things. Mm-hmm. It's good for ten gigs and. I, I've, like, upheld that standard since I started doing it. It's definitely overkill for most homes, but it can you can do a lot with that type of cable in the future. Like, it's very future-proof. To spend an extra $60 a box on cable, it's a much different thing. And I'm the only company I've met who's wiring to this standard. I don't know why. Yeah. It's very rough out there. I would say, like, dude, we've met companies. Like, I won't name names because it's not cool. But, like, we, we worked with a company. We They asked us for help. We tried to help them the other day. I mean... They've been in business like 40 years, and the guy, did, I was like, I was like, what do you do to cut gangs? I was like, you got a template? And he's like, oh, he, he had a hammer and a chisel. <laughs> and yeah, I'm like, just kind of sets out and then wax it out. And well, No, he didn't even cut a square. He just knock a hole in the wall to run a wire through. I'm like, dude, you don't cut a gang? Like, that's what I mean by like, protocols. Like, I So just, then he would expect whomever to come back and patch this. I don't thing. know. I mean, I couldn't. It's unbelievable. And, dude, we've met several companies that operate like this. It doesn't take much to take a flush cut saw and just kind of like buzz in a little box. Yes. I mean, they make the qubit oscillating bit. Have you seen this thing? Yeah, where it's like, and it, it, goes, it makes a perfect a square. Gang, yes. Is that what you guys use? Well, we got it the other day. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, I don't mind cutting a gang, but at least use a template, pencil, stuff like that. Or, mm. Dude, like when we're when we're cutting up walls, you know, finished walls, like use a level. Put a level on the wall, make it a straight cut. Like even though it's getting repaired, it doesn't matter. Like after the paint goes up, you won't know what happened to that wall. But it's just like, even though you're cutting the wall, creating damage, like we like to have integrity even in this part of the process. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's why with like Ron Fish, our electrician, the reason we use him is he knows no one is going to see their wires. Yeah. No one, after the walls get closed up, no one's ever going to see that again. Yeah. But like that short period of time that people do know it is important to him. Yeah. And then him knowing it's done that way is even more important and has integrity so doing business with somebody like that is so easy when you catch someone cutting corners yep it's like it it like just it just sours the milk it just kind of like doesn't taste good you're like okay so you cut this you're thinking to yourself you're like all right i caught you doing this what else have you done that i haven't caught or what are you going to do in the future and you you know you don't as a company like ours that is competing on like how well we're taking care of people and you know how serious we take our builds that's not good for us because then it's like it takes our like when i can hire someone like yourself or ron or you know a couple other people that i could probably name like you you set them up you give them the information you need 
you you know that you're going to ask me for stuff if you don't have it and then i can just trust that it's getting done the right way Mm -hmm. and then that alleviates my time or like allows me to like go and focus on either something else and maximize my time but if i have to babysit you or a subcontractor that just it grinds my gears yeah it don't work and the other thing is with low voltage, um, there's not licensing for low voltage in many states. And there's not guidelines or kind of like, you know, state or federal or anything like SOP wise. So with low voltage, you have a lot more uh, freedom to run your circuits however you choose to. We try to align ourselves with, you know, NEC and, and you know, like uh, Romex has to be stapled at certain points. Yeah. Certain distances or mm-hmm. within range of a receptacle, let's say. We try to follow a lot of those guidelines and we implement them for ourselves. Like we like clean runs. We like securing wires to stud bays, even though we don't technically have to. It's just the right thing to do and that's why we do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I feel like that opens up a huge, you know, abyss of nonsense for all these companies who are operating because they'll just – Pull the wire over studs, not secure anything, and leave it how it is. It's a tough deal. I don't know. It's um, it's hard out here for a pimp. Yeah, it <laughs> is. It is. And the other thing is, without licensing, anybody can just grab a van or a truck and say, "Hey, I'm a low voltage specialist." You know? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So it's it's it makes the, I think it I think it brings the industry down as a whole. You know, because there's too many guys doing it. Um, it's just a rough industry in my experience. I know a lot of guys who don't do things correctly. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think, like, how do you, or what medium do you use to kind of, like, capture your work that help other companies realize they need to elevate? So a lot of Are you using, like, Instagram? We're using IG, yes. Um, YouTube channels getting relaunched. We'll talk about that on the next podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, new, um, new, new year, new YouTube now, channel. Yeah. For now, IG at that Wire Ninjas on Instagram. I like to do stories cause people like to follow along. Mm. People hit me up on a weekly basis and, and say like, dude, I'm, uh, they'll literally f- watch my story day and follow build like start to completion. And they'll hit me up and be like, dude, I love watching this. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's it's other companies, technicians, or even just homeowners, like homeowners that are interested in this stuff. I think it's important for all of us to create media, to create content, to not only help each other, but also give homeowners, you know, somewhere to look, somewhere to have insight, you know what I'm saying, for their own stuff. Because, like, you're here, and you guys are awesome, but you're not in Kentucky. There's some guy in Kentucky who wants similar quality work. So he can at least look at your stuff and say, all right, this is how it should look. Now I can figure out who I need to be talking to. You that's know? why that's why we went um, our newest. You or we've we've had a couple Instagrams over the time. Like mine's got a decent following, but like I don't keep up with it. I'm starting to now, like try to because people just asking questions. It's and tough. You get caught up in the day to day. I'm busy doing other stuff. I got and about a hundred posts waiting to post. And I've got Gilmar who's great at what he does and does a great job on our page, like capturing what's going on. So it's just kind of like, it's not always like the top of my priority, but YouTube was such like a huge thing for us. Like the reason, one of the, probably the majority reason why Gilmar came on besides like the podcast um, was our YouTube channel. Like yeah. I knew like, and this was even like, not even everybody in our company necessarily understood it or yeah. supported it. But I'm like, you, we have to build a YouTube channel. This is the net. Instagram is saturated. It is. YouTube is the next thing. Video is the next thing. For people to go and kind of like follow along with us every build or every week or doing all of that, like 
it's going to be critical critical for us to separate ourselves from the rest of the pack yep. because very few other builders even in the country are doing the YouTube content that we're doing. Um, it's taken us a little while to get to the level where we were happy putting content out, but we're kind of like, we're showing a level of transparency yes, that nobody else seems to be comfortable showing. Mm -hmm. And it's important to me because like the level of homes we're building or renovating and the quality we bring comes at a cost and people don't realize that like that costs. I mean, it's time. We're solving problems. It takes time to make things look the way they do. They don't, we just don't show up and then a week later you have this. Yeah. And it was really important for me to like educate potential customers, future customers, existing customers. Like this is what it takes to get this. And then they're like, oh, wow. So they have so much more respect for the struggle when you show them that like, hey, everything doesn't run smoothly. There's no construction project that I've ever been on where everything goes according to plan. Yeah. I used to get so mad, especially when my brother was working. When things would go off the rails, I'd be furious. I'm like, well, we plan that, like, everything. And he's just like, dude, like, this is, it just, this is what happens. And, like, I was young and immature. But now, like, when problems come up, sometimes they still get the best of me. Um, but usually I have, like, the ability to be like, hey, look, like, this is just, this is today's problem. We got to solve it. We're good at that. It's yeah. not, you can't see everything that's going to happen. You can plan for it. And, like, the plan is there, so you have, like, a f like a basis or a foundation to operate from. It does not mean that that's how it's going to go. I think the transparency is huge because if, like, what we used to do, like, so we did have a YouTube channel, had a pretty good following, um, very broad reach, and uh, we did a lot of tutorial videos. And I was literally, like, the, the protocols and the practices that I've developed, you know, spent a few years developing now, um, that I consider to be the best way to do things, I was literally giving those away. And, again, it's because for me to, like, what I've spent so much of my mind and time and effort into developing, to me, if that's the right way to do it or maybe the best way, if I can give that to someone, to me, that's beautiful. And that transparency, I think, you know, it really, it rings true or it it, it cuts people deep, you know what I'm saying? And, and they, they respond to it, you know. I think they saw that, that I was willing to give up, you know, what I've learned over the years, just give it up. I think people get a lot of, res you know, you earn a lot of respect from that. I've heard, I heard a, a quote um, from a friend of mine a while ago that he's, um, he's about my age and he's filthy rich, but he's also someone like yourself that has like immense integrity. And it was always very confusing for a lot of people, like how he figured it out. And then one time I heard him say, I'm like, well, I give 90% of it away for free and I charge a shitload for the other 10%. And I was like, that's it? And he's like, yeah, that's it. And he's like, because once you've heard the other 90%, like there's no question in your mind why you should pay me. Yep, yep. And like that's when that's when the YouTube and the Instagram clicked for me. Yes. I was like, we're going to show and showcase our business in such a way. Like we're getting... We're getting better at like doing the email blasts so more people see the YouTubes or yep. like trying to build the community around the the business. Yeah. Um, we do like social gatherings and meetups. Um, we got one coming up. It's secret, but you guys are invited. Cool. Um, <laughs> so this one's a closed event. Yeah. Beer and wood, four or five. Yeah, now. four or five. And it just kind of like we still we get a ton of haters on the YouTube channel, which we've there learned to we've we've we've, we've, yeah. we've learned to appreciate them. <laughs> Um, but the people that 
like I've spoken to, and I haven't really been posting to my Instagram account of that consistently, but I still have connections that I've built with other people that will reach out to me for help. Yeah. And they'll be like, Hey man, I'm struggling with this part of my business. I know you guys do like think a lot about this stuff or I'm having trouble with my guys getting motivated. And I'm like, every time I get an opportunity, I didn't really respect it until like the, maybe the last two years. And especially the last six months where like I've helped a few people out where it's like, Hey, look, like I was undervaluing the impact I was have, like I thought I was going after customers, no. but what I was really doing was helping other people make money and put food on their tables. And once that clicked for me, I'm like, we can help these people help themselves or like better their lives from what we've already experienced. I was like, there's no question in my mind that I want to do that. That's why that's so I started YouTube to help the business, you know, mm. um, I thought it'd be beneficial and it was, but what, got me to start making videos, better quality videos, and motivated me to keep making videos was exactly that. You know, the people reaching out and saying, hey, this helps me, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, It's it's, like instant rocket fuel. You're like, I helped you. Yes. You're like, they're like, oh, we had that problem. Like, we didn't know how to fix it or different things. You just, it's this like, this like psychic energy that you get where it's just like you instantly feel you know, charged up or you feel better about like the whole future of the world when you're like, Oh, I help somebody. Yeah. That, but even from, from a client standpoint, homeowner standpoint, I will say that they, they see your work. Then, you know, reviews are one thing. Like we have over a hundred on different platforms, all five stars. That's one thing. People love that. But when they see the actual content, the process and the expertise, the knowledge, the skills being deployed in a video, I mean, they call me and they're like, you're doing the work. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And I'm like, well, a couple months out, they're like, I don't care. You're the guy. Like, they just, it's all there. It's it's a much different thing. It's, it's you know, a much different approach to meeting a client, I will say. Yeah, and I think in the day and age that we live in, like, so there was before social media where you had to buy, like, a billboard for, like, 5Gs a month and then, you know, take out newspaper ads and network and go to breakfasts and things like that. And that, like, I can't imagine how difficult it was to sell work back then. Home improvement guide. Yeah, just, and now you have the opportunity. That's why when I talk to people and they're like, oh, I'm starting out in business. Like, I'm like, well, are you staying consistent with your social media? And they're like, oh, that's just not that important to me. I'm like, it should be one of your top things showing how you are different than everybody else and how you can make a difference. And then when you get to like a level that we're at where it's like very saturated, like you can choose anyone to build your home. There's tons of amazing home builders in our area. We live in a very like from, you know, Connecticut down to Washington, D.C. There's a lot of money. There's a lot of wealth. So it's like you think you're the best, but you're also competing with like 45 other home builders who also think they're the best. And some of them have been around for 45 years or more. So you got to like, the way I was looking at it was like, look, we got to differentiate ourselves. We got to show ourselves in a way that's like very authentic because it's everybody goes on Instagram and they see the girls and the guys and you're like, that's a fake butt. That dude's biceps are fake. He's on steroids. Like everybody sees it and they get caught up in it, but like they know it's not real. Yes. Deep down inside in your core, like you let it affect you and you're like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not working out hard enough or I'm not doing this or I'm not doing that. And it affects you. But then when I, every time I get the full story, I'm like, Oh, steroids. It's like, oh, 
billionaire father paid for all your trucks. It's like, no wonder this looks so easy. It's like, you're not showing the whole picture. So when you come out and you show the whole picture or as much of it as you can at least capture with a camera and a microphone, like people, even if they don't like realize it at like the forefront of their mind, like deep down inside, they trust it more because they're like, Oh, they're struggling. Like that's real to me. Because they're struggling. Everybody is struggling. So if you're acting like you're not struggling, somewhere in your body, you know that person's lying. Yeah, they really resonate. It, it, it's an inner, like, resonation. Yeah. You feel it. I mean, it happens to everybody. I think that's, like, the victimization of social media yep. is that it's, like, very easy to paint the picture you want or the narrative you want. And you think you're, like, you think you're doing right by people by like only showing your life and maybe you don't even think about it, but like you think like you're doing yourself justice by like not showing, you know, the negative or showing the mistakes or different things like that or being transparent. Um, but you're really like, you're slowing your brand growth. Yeah. And even you'll see like YouTube, like not even like, like building construction aside channels, whether it's gaming media, you know, covering media, whatever it is, there's a rise and fall and a lot or probably all the falls are due to a lack of integrity mm. or are we going for clicks? You know what I'm saying? Especially once a channel gets to reach a certain height. Like I watch a lot of YouTubers that follow YouTubers and they'll cover the rise and fall of channels. And it goes back to what you're saying. It's like eventually people catch on <laughs> to yeah, the bullshit. <laughs> there's, there's no shortage of content for us yeah. because there's always problems. There's, there's never not going to be problems for us to show. Yeah. But, like, if you're showcasing, like, how excellent your life is or how perfect you guys are, you're going to run out of worthwhile stuff. Yep. Because eventually it's just going to be like, is the, the grass is green every day here. People are going to be like, all right, green grass episode again. It's like they want to see the struggle because that's what resonates with people. And they also, like, how you navigate the struggle extra resonates with people. You can't just be the victim. You got to like show how you how you navigated being a victim and ultimately prospered, which is like what you're doing by saying like you're not like a victim in the sense of like people are abusing your wires or anything like that. But you're like, hey, like I could the struggle is I could go this easy path. Yep. But I'm choosing the harder path because it's better. And this is why. And I think like that's probably, you know, if you've only been in business for a few years now. Um, I could see a lot of great things like coming for you guys like long term because you've set established those. We're doing things and we're in homes that, uh, you know, I've worked for a few companies and we're doing things that they've never touched 10 years plus. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like we're in crazy homes, <laughs> mm. which is awesome. Like, you know, it's still surreal to me. You know, I'll stop and I'll be like, Steve, like this is crazy, man. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. crazy. <laughs> it's, it's actually crazy because I've been to hundreds of homes and met hundreds of clients and done so much work. And it's like, it's crazy the level we've gotten to in such a short amount of time, and I, I throw it back to integrity. Yeah. Just do the right thing. It's that simple. It really is that simple. <laughs> yeah. Just do the right thing. It seems really hard for people sometimes. I guess. I don't know. And like I said, I, I feel like most people, they, they really they start businesses, companies, solely to make money. There's nothing wrong with that. Like I'm not trying to put that down, but I think that it's a different rate of growth, different level of success. You can still do well. My same buddy, I'm not going to blow his spot up, but yeah. my same buddy that came up with like the 90% quote yeah, um, also said something to me years ago that like just blew my mind away and completely like overnight changed how I looked at things. 
and he was like, you like, you either can help a lot of people really well for very little money. Like, say you make a music song and you sell it for ninety nine cents, but you sell a million songs, like that's fine. Or you help people that have a specific problem and you charge a lot of money for it. But like, ultimately, it comes down to like making money is how you're helping people. And it's like, if you're not really solving a problem, don't expect to make any money. Yeah. And when I thought about it, I'm like, okay, what problems are we solving? Or like, what are we doing for people? And like overnight, my, the business changed. Yeah. I will say one cool thing about audio, video, data, whatever you want to call it. Um, I guess we're officially called CIs, custom integrators. Um, CIs. Yeah, CIs. So the one of the best parts of this thing is that our work, as opposed to your work, and nothing wrong, our work gives so much enjoyment to the home, the homeowners, the inhabitants of mm. the home. Like when you put a theater room together and the people actually care, like the kids are in there every day. You know what I'm saying? So for me to do that for someone to like literally provide endless hours of family fun enjoyment to me that's really cool yeah what the way we look at it is like we're giving people a place for their life to happen that's a beautiful thing too it's like they're you know kids are gonna have their first birthday party here they're gonna take their prom pictures on the stairs beautiful you know like all like they might only have one kid but they'll have three more kids and you know they'll they'll experience that like the you know the buckingham house we're trying to get them out there for like a series of pictures with the kids at the house as it's being built. So like someday when they're, you know, old angry teenagers, they can be like, (laughs) have these pictures on the wall where it's like, this is, you're standing in the kitchen. That was this. Yeah. And like, that's when I finally appreciated that. Yep. Things also changed for us again. Big fact. Because it's like, I thought we were just building houses and cranking them out. It's like, no, we're, we're creating a place for, for like someone's life to happen. Yeah, that's where everything's going to happen, you know. Yeah. The good, the bad, the ugly. It's a beautiful thing, you know. It really is. I feel bad for Steve. He keeps he keeps reaching out for Rambo and Rambo keeps giving him the cold <laughs> yeah, shoulder. Steve, what's up with you? <laughs> yeah, so how did did you have to go to Steve? Did you have to go to school to work with this uh this guy here or like how that all work out? So, um pre-COVID, I was working at BMW uh in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um to the town next of where we live and uh you were selling beamers or working on them i actually started out as a valet and worked my way up to parts sales at the end of my leave but Mm. they put me through a year and a half of schooling for a technician so i Uh went to bmw headquarters got certified um it wasn't really working out for me i was training a lot of jujitsu and i at the time i was very more focused on jujitsu compared to work and then I realized, okay. As one should be. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't hate on that. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing was, it was I was commuting to the city after work, living in Jersey, uh, commuting three hours a day to go train three hours. After where, were you, work. where were you training? Uh, Unity. Okay. In New York. Um, it definitely was one of the best things I've could have done. Um, a lot of people, I didn't go to college. I went to jujitsu. Like, it's not the smartest thing to do, but it taught me a lot of things that, I, a lot of people don't learn and it's taught me to one be humble and to be passionate and to be open because in jiu-jitsu one thing is there's all types of people working there's cops there's police there or um there's like school people there's fbi there's your regular like you know your contractors and everybody gets along there you know so mm-hmm. for me i was like this is a cool thing to see like 
everybody's getting along, you know, everybody's working hard. It depends where you go. Um, a lot of it gets watered down. But when you go to a school that really works hard, you see, you know, people go to work, people come here. They're not thinking about other things. They're thinking about just putting in the hard work. And that also has resonated towards integrity, you know, like um, showing up to a class after work is something that's not really easy, you know, when you're working 10 hours a day or something like that and you're on your feet yeah, like you're you're you're, an you're, you're, <laughs> yeah, you're you're losing energy as the minutes go on through a day like that yeah so it's it's definitely a lot but i'm just grateful that you know i got the experience through bmw to help me put together more on my resume and then that transitioned over to wiring and you know it kind of played out as in like we were working in new or built homes that were just finishing up the process like this one client but that helped me put things into perspective as in like okay now the walls are coming up this is how the wires are ran behind the walls because i had no previous experience with houses yeah um i had experience with cars and stuff like that driving them you know working on them and then selling parts but when it came to houses it was very different you know i always looked at a house as i'm going there i'm sleeping i'm eating this and that mm. um now i know the ins and outs of a house, you know, I take everything, I look at it and I'm like, mm, this could be a different way. Have you ever seen the matrix <laughs> a while ago? But yeah. I when know. like, when you like start seeing the code and the walls and stuff, yeah. that's how I look at home building. Well, I, when yeah. I can walk through people's houses now, like, especially we were looking at like a remodel project this afternoon and you just walk through and just like, kind of like you like, you have like x-ray vision. You're like, I see everything. In I, here. I know, I know where the duct work is. Like, this is all the stuff. I taught him the eye. So like whenever I walk into like, let's say we're going out to dinner. I look, I'll literally, I'll start looking at everything. Okay, the piping's ran this way, the wiring's mm. this way, this is not good, this is This good. trim's screwed yes. up here. Nothing's level, nothing's square. <laughs> yeah. So I taught him that eye, you know, how to go in and look at that stuff. But what happened was COVID, right? COVID. So COVID happened, uh, they pretty much laid him off at BMW, uh, along with everybody else in the world, whatever. And then I said, come work for me. Let's do this thing, you know? Yeah. And it just, from there, flourished. It's a beautiful thing. But I definitely threw him in the fire, um, like probably similar to you. You know, yeah. I expected more than w he could possibly do. <laughs> well, actually, like to be uh, to be fully transparent, I was actually in the fire with my brother. <laughs> 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 I, I, he, he knew he's only two years younger than me, so like, there's not the like the distance you guys have. So like, we were kind of learning things together, which is kind of like a little bit different. You definitely have a little bit more support with somebody that. Yes. Um, well, I, I have an awareness, dude. You know, I, I learned as I went to. Like, yeah. nobody taught me anything. Even at the other AV company I was working at, they didn't even know how to spackle a wall. You know what I'm saying? Or a yeah. cut they made. And what I do, again, simple. I apply logic and reason to things. Mm. You apply logic and reason to something, and, hey, maybe the first time around it's not the best. But when you apply logic and reason and develop a protocol on any particular thing, how to cut a wall, how to patch a wall, you know, how to wood brace before you patch a wall, what size screws to use. You know, we use one, one and a quarter screws for a reason. The screw can't go through the drywall and through the wood brace and go into something else, whether it's a wire or pipe, like down to the size of screw we use for the particular application, I have figured out and decided this is the way to do it. Mm. And it's like I said, nothing, nobody taught me anything. I learned as I went and logic and reason, baby. <laughs> yeah. So how many of the, how many brothers and sisters do you guys have? I don't know. <laughs> so we have it's a, a mess. It's a mess. We have two older sisters and then uh, another brother that's in between of uh, like us. Yep. Mm. He's 28 now. Yeah. 
He's a beast at jiu-jitsu too. Yeah, you guys they're, all they're jits. nasty. They're nasty. Yeah. I'm more of a beginner to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, man. They went to Unity and it was a killer school, man. It's yeah. a comp school. It makes all the difference going to a comp school versus like your Gracie Academy or something like that. It just it's um you could see it on the mat, dude. I mean, they're dusting people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not even that. It's just like the way you were like, "Hey, I didn't go to college. I went to jiu-jitsu." Like the, a school like Unity is teaching you way more about perseverance, not quitting, not giving up, getting, you know, your ass handed to you and keep coming back. Where, you know, I, I often think um, you know, Lance Bachman talked about this on an episode like probably a while ago where he he has and his kids just won states for wrestling and they're like little kids. Oh shit. But like he was like, "Oh, they don't have to be good. They just have to like keep working." And like that's why I think little kids should go to wrestling from a young age cuz like being a wrestler or jujitsu or like judo or anything that's like a contact re- like grappling sport mm-hmm. teaches you, I'll call it grit. Yeah, like it teaches you something where Bigger. it's like, yeah, you're not like you're you're literally putting you know skill and technique against someone, and eventually your skill and technique is going to have to go up to like also athleticism. Mm-hmm. So like you have to like learn how to manipulate people that are either bigger than you, better than you, find the gaps. And, um, you know, you probably know this, but, like, a lot of people don't realize, like, jiu-jitsu is a chess game with your body. 100%. Like, you're you're applying, and I'm still, like, at, I feel like the more I learn, the more I'm, like, I don't know anything. Because, yeah. like, you're, like, the way you're applying your grips, your pressure, like, it's making you vulnerable or defensive, like, and people at that higher comp level like will humble you very quickly and they'll also be very unassuming people because mm-hmm. um, you don't need to be all like jacked up and tattooed or have you know i've seen i've had people kick my ass that like uh walking down the street i'd be like i beat the shit out of that dude yeah. and you get into the gym with them and it's like no yeah. no no dude so i'm 150 pounds and the worst person i've ever rolled with actually like the best person i've ever rolled this is 130 pounds he was a brazilian kid mm. um he's probably been training for i don't know he came out of the womb he rolled out of the room <laughs> <laughs> so he's been training for about 15 years he's a black belt um this is my seventh year of training but i would say like i understand the basic concept of Ooh, jiu-jitsu no not me uh. um this kid uh jonas uh but he not like i don't know just not even me but like what what he does to other black belts double triple his weight is like it's like cutting butter with like a hot knife you know yeah, yeah. do you do you know who mikey musumechi is yeah yeah so i've trained with him a little bit and like gone to a lot of classes that he was coaching and like se- or seminars and mm-hmm. things and like he's a very small dude and he he dominates three different weight classes right now mm-hmm. And to watch his knowledge and how he articulates it and his understanding of anatomy because how much he understands jujitsu, like he knows more bones and ligaments than like most people in a hospital know. He's and he's like using his his language isn't like, hey, grab behind the knee. It's like, hey, stick your fingers in like you're a rock climber and make monkey grip and hit the patella and like that's the ligament right here. And when you flip this way bolo like Damn. you're going over like it's just like you're Minutia. like this yeah, beautiful this this minimal thing that you take for granted like he has thought about and 
curated in his brain and then given it to you. Definitely. And you're like, I, I, there's no, you, you look at that an individual like that at that caliper and you're just like, or caliber, you're just not, you're like, I'm never going to be that good because you're dedicating your life to this path and you're basically like a chess, ma- you're, I don't know, what do they call a master chess person? Grandmasters? Yeah, like he's a grand grandmaster of the, the jujitsu. So f- the thing is with us is we work 40 hours minimum a week, you know? A mm-hmm. lot of people that we train with don't really work. I don't know, they roll in at 11 o'clock yeah. class, then they, they lay on the mats on Instagram, they stretch, they get some food from across the gym, yeah. and then like the evening class starts and they do that, and then they roll until midnight. And they post the sweaty mats on their Instagram and then they sleep back in until 10 a.m. It's like, no, like I go to the gym before work. That's nice. And then like for just like fitness. And then like if I get to jujitsu, it's after work Mm -hmm. or in the middle of the day or on Saturdays and Sundays. So it's just like I'm constantly just like either training in the morning, working all day, Mm -hmm. training at night. And it's just like maintaining that tempo is impossible it comes with a cost because like i would find i would get hurt real easily um my life would fall apart in other ways because i wouldn't be sleeping or doing like my reading or educating or responding to eat like you have to find that balance with jujitsu otherwise you're just like you have to either be all in Mm -hmm. and just be happy just not having anything but jujitsu and there's no disrespect there or you kind of have to be, like, okay with, like, being on, like, the slower journey and do it for those reasons. If, like, you're expecting to go in there and be at their level, like, you have to be real with yourself and be like, I'm not going to be at their level because I'm choosing more than one path. That, dude, it's hard to train. It's hard to sleep. Like, you hit a six. Like, we'll go six, you know, Tuesday six to, like, eight. I can't sleep after that. Yeah, like, you come home. Like, normally, I'm in bed up. by eight o'clock. Like Whereas days. movement art in Richboro is like their evening classes start at seven. Yeah. So you get out of there at like nine. You're not going nine thirty until twelve. You're I go home and I'm like, I eat dinner at that point. I'm sitting in front of the TV, just fired up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> like, yeah. and it's not like you want to be. It's just that like you literally just like. Use it all. Gilmar came to my first jujitsu competition ever. Yeah, I went up a weight class because I thought I was legit. <laughs> Did not go well. Uh, <laughs> that's comp. It's a good yeah. thing. You know? Also, a lot of people cut weight from the weight class that they're already in, so it, you get the disadvantage. I it was, uh, it was uh, the humbling experience definitely. I needed. I was like, dude, my skill, but I, did, I, I, it was like not a huge event. So I thought it was like grappling industry. So I thought oh, like, really? oh, like everybody's <laughs> going to do what I'm doing. But it was literally like the dudes that I, I was like the one guy, like the one Russian kid. I was like, dude, what your cauliflower ears have cauliflower. Like I was like, you obviously re- like just him manhandling the other people. I was like, oh, I'm going to fight him. And it sucks. And I eventually like I'm not even ashamed of it. But like I was so torn up at that point that I literally just bowed out of that match because I was like I had nothing left to give. Yeah. And that was like match four or five into the into like my weight class. And I was like, dude, I got I got nothing left. And people don't realize once you get older, it's not fun getting injured. No. Like injuries suck. Well, I could say any any <laughs> yo, any I think getting injured at any age probably sucks, but when you get older you don't bounce back as quick at yeah, all. Yeah, it takes forever. Like I've had this wrist thumb thing for I'm going on like two months now. It's almost better. 
but like when I like would put down or I would like post on my hands or like post shoulder or hip or anything like that, like I could feel my wrist just like, <laughs> and I'm like, eh. to the point where somebody one time was like, um, I think it was Silas. I was getting ready for that, that Saturday function. And he's just like, yo dude, what's up with your wrist? It makes a noise. And I'm like, he's like, we need to get that looked at bro. And he kind of looked at me like real sternly, like, dude, go get it looked at. Yeah. And I was like, all right. Are you the type it's of not, not go to the doctor? I just think sometimes I think it'll get better. Yeah. Like sometimes <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same way. Yeah. <laughs> I never go. I don't know. I feel like it's just I don't know. They're they're gonna try to PTU or something like that. It's just like, I, how many sessions do you need? Or it's like, I don't know. Like this this lasted years. Like I I I hit. I thought it was a jump. I should have I should have did a pass on the snowboard the snowboard trails. You know, okay. park. I should have done a pass to see you know to figure out the jumps. I thought it was a jump, but it was a spine. So <laughs> I went straight up and straight down. <laughs> and I landed on this hand, which then destroyed the shoulder. And that took yeah. years to heal. Like. Yeah. And I don't think there's any way around that. I don't know how much PT is going to get around PT that, has fixed some incredible things. Really? Yeah. I very much respect those people. I don't. I wish I had a teleportation device. I wish I could just like see PT and then back to the office. But like the fact is you have to make time for self-care. Yeah. And that's not something I really respected until honestly I got, I I met my wife. Honestly, before that I was like, like for instance, like I met my wife in like the summer of, uh, I guess like 2017, a few months into like us dating, I crashed a motorcycle in 95 Three weeks after that, I ran the Philadelphia Marathon wow. with, like, my hip was, like, green. I was, like, got this. And then, like, years later, I'm, like, oh, it's, like, tight when I do. And she's just, like, yeah, you remember that time you didn't fix any of your muscle yeah. tissue or, or, like, allow yourself to heal or, like, um, taking care of my body kind of, like, came out of, like, taking care of my mental health. Got tons of mental health issues. And, like, as I've learned to, like deal with them and work through those things and stuff like it gave me more of an appreciation for like the physical body yeah it's like oh wow it's like my, i was such an asshole to like my, my wrist is like i'm maniacal so like i i do my own pt like i'll do yoga i'll do mobility and stability mm-hmm. stuff and like i know how to fix myself but problem is if i get on the mat you know i'll spend a couple hours on the mat i'll go crazy like when i run i run too many miles you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. i don't know i just like pushing it and it's just me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yoga, like I'll go in and it's supposed to be a recovery session, but it ends up being a super challenging session. Yeah. I, don't, I can't help myself. I don't know. I like yeah. the rigor, I guess. Yeah. It is what it is. Have you witnessed this? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, foolishness. Broken, broken. Push me miles in running, and uh, running is not my uh, thing to do. Honestly. Yeah, I don't look like it, but I could run. <laughs> 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 I've been running, uh, I think it's three seasons now. Second season, I got up to eight miles. It's pretty good for yeah. like zero miles. It was, yeah. Dude, the first season was really running. I gained a whole new respect for runners because. I started doing, like, I was trying to do half a mile, you know? <laughs> and then I was like, all right, one mile, and then you get to three, and then you get to five, and, dude. Runner's like, high is no joke. Yes. <laughs> people don't addicting. People don't realize that, like, they think running just sucks, but, like, you get to a certain point when you're running. Yes. Um, Very meditative. you kind of just get into this, like, zone. It takes a lot of, it takes, you know, weeks, months sometimes for people to get to that, like, space. But once you reach that zone where you can just, like, you're just cruising, it's, like, uh, I don't know how to explain it. When I, Especially when I lived in the city, 
um, Philly, you guys think a city yeah, is a real yeah, city. Yeah, yeah. We live in Philadelphia as a town compared to where you guys are at. Rambo's chewing a ninja star. No big deal, dude. Chill out on my ninja stars, bro. No, but I, I used to hate the... running. Like, I hated running. And but running I in the city is cool because it gives you a lot point. of, like, objectives. Well, I hate flats. I run trails. I hate pavement and I hate flats. Okay. I don't know why. I, don't, I just like it's, the It's rocks. not as fun as being on a trail because you get to just look around and kind of. I and know. I used to run in like paper thin Merrells, and like mm. I w- I couldn't walk for days. Like my my f- my feet were so bruised up, like golf balls under my feet. Yeah, but that's why you were talking to me, like how you couldn't go back to any other shoes but the Vivos. Yeah, like the reason is because you probably got monkey feet, dude. <laughs> your feet your feet probably don't fit in any other shoes. Like my wife does all kinds of like, she's way into fitness, yeah. and she has like. These pull up the like the toe thing she did where like she, she was literally no she bought these like things that put on her toes to like make her toes like more strong wide ways and I'm just kind of like this is getting out of control and yeah, yeah. it's toe gap is that toe what spread it is? yeah yeah <laughs> she'll literally just sit there and that we'll be watching TV and she'll have her foot up on the coffee table and she'll be like we were talking about and I'll be toe like, gap. what are you doing we were talking about on the way here. <laughs> We're nutty. I don't know. It's just our thing. Like, I don't know. Like, going back to, like, the mental health thing, dude, fitness, I mean, it does so much for me, you know, It's like, I would say it's, I would say fitness and being good in fitness and also doing it is probably, like, at least half the puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to work through your stuff, but it just does so much for me to go for a run. And, like I said, I used to hate running, but to me, a perfect Saturday or Sunday now is go hit a three or a five and then hit the gym. And to me, it's the most beautiful day ever. I don't know. Yeah. Nutrition as well, too. Nutrition is a big part of, like, my mental health. Is Like, I can train, I could run, but when it comes to, like, making the right choice on eating, yeah. like, if I eat a burger, I'm, my day's ruined after I just had mm. a great training session. But, like, if I stick to a smoothie and, like, some grilled chicken or something, I, like... I will feel so recovered and just better off, but I don't know. I love food and food sometimes. Same. <laughs> Gilmar's my support system today. <laughs> today we went to Gilmar's actually a chef. Wow. Yeah, you yeah. be a chef professionally now. I yeah, know he quit the game. He hung up. Yeah. The, he hung up the the, uh, the spatula. The spatula. Why'd you quit? I'm actually curious. It just the industry just wasn't. What I wanted to be in anymore. I felt like Ramsey ruin it for everybody. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know. It was just kind of. He was at a great restaurant. Yeah, he had, he he, he could have gone and done like you. You could have pursued that path very far from where you started. For sure. I mean, it, it kind of goes back to what you guys were talking about with integrity. I felt that every day I'd go into work and no one gave a shit about what was going on except their paycheck. So that kind of just turned me off to the whole thing. And every restaurant nearby was kind of experiencing the same shit. I'd hear stories from other chefs and other people. Where it's all oh, guys are quitting left to right. They only care about how much they get paid per hour. And I was just kind of like, you know, that's not what I want to do anymore. And then I've always been a creative person. So Andrew approached me and then now we're here. That's a lot. He stuff. approached me and we locked eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what were you saying today? Nutrition, <laughs> you said? Uh, yeah. So today we, we went to the spot behind our building. It's called Just Foods. It's actually like a catering business, but they have like prepared foods inside there. You guys should check it out. It's like literally in that like strip and you can't mess it up. It's just foods. Mm-hmm. And they have um they have they have a pretty decent menu of like sandwiches and stuff. Yeah. And I'm going in there and I'm sighing up the smoked smoked brisket sandwich and I'm yeah. like, Yeah, bad boy. <laughs> Gilmore's like, Oh, I'm gonna get the 
the uh, this fajita. Vegeta. He has a and, grilled chicken fajita. And I looked down and I looked at the ingredients and I looked back up at the ingredients of the sandwich I was going to get and I was like, make it two fajitas. <laughs> and I feel, honestly, the last, you remember the last time I had that sandwich, the the pork or the brisket sandwich from yeah, over there? Yeah. It was stanky in the office that oh, day. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody knew Andrew didn't eat something good that it's day. Good yeah, people were just leaving. Yeah. I'm like, oh, God, are you all right? I'm like, I'm dying on the inside. <laughs> but today, today, like, I eat that at, like, um, beans, corn, the grilled chicken, fajita wrap. Yeah. It's good to go. It was bomb. Yeah, so I, I sympathize. I don't always make, like, the good food choices, especially, like, yeah, in yeah. our kind of business. Like, you're working, and you're like, all right, let's just go grab some food, and you're like, that place. Mm-hmm. And yep. like, next thing you know, you're, you know, a uh, truffle burger deep. Yeah. <laughs> So that's Food awesome. Fries, yeah. Mm-hmm. What have you? Have you? Did you guys go out to eat last night? Oh god, <laughs> dude! <laughs> last night we made a horrible decision. And you to went go. to Chick Fil A. No, no, no! I don't want to say the name because I don't want to trash. Can I say the story cool. about that? What Just happened? say the name. Well, say the name. But I looked up a cheesesteak place, and at the cheesesteak uh, place, if you want, you could even. Look at the picture on Google. What is but it? there's a cockroach in the sandwich. No fucking What way. place is this? Steve's Cheesesteaks, unfortunately. <laughs> <He's laughs> <said no fucking laughs> Steve's Steaks? Yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure that place is closed. Really? Uh, no. I yeah, Steve's Steaks on, on... Well, let's look it up. Well, if you got cockroaches in your sandwiches, you're... Uh, I don't mean to blast you, but you're blasted already. Shit, I can't spell So that. we were tired and stuff, so we just wanted to get some food, and that's what we ended up doing was just ordering some food. And it was horrible, too, but not as bad as Steve's. This one? <laughs> no. I don't know. It has to be the one closer to us in, I don't know, where we, where the hell are we? Nah. <laughs> We're in, just look to do Doylestown. What are you guys saying? I don't know. <laughs> um, are you going to get back there? Dude, we're, we're, you know, we're a younger crowd, <laughs> and we're addicted to GPS, so. I I feel you. I don't know where I am. I don't think it's Steve without the Google. I, I don't think, think it's, it's just Princess Steve. Steak. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like I think it's just Steve Steaks. I think it's right in town. And I think it's out of business. Mm. Oh no, but we were at the Target in like a not so great part of town. I think. I think that was the issue. But where yeah, the hell are you guys staying? Yeah, there? No, <laughs> yeah no, not so, so great part of town. Big. No, so <laughs> we went to the Target. That wasn't the, all. The food had like three stars. Like we looked, we were getting out of Target. We were tired. We were like, we just grab something on the way. Everything had three stars, so we're like, okay, we'll go back to the hotel. Found a place, 4.2 stars, ordered some burritos, and they were actually awful, like, just <laughs> truly awful. It was Damn. pretty bad. So, we need to, so so but, you guys don't get, like, assaulted or kidnapped yeah. or anything. You guys will tell us after we're done recording uh, where you guys are staying at, and we'll get you some. Well, I saw your recommendations. We're definitely going to go somewhere tonight and get some, because rectify what happened yesterday. <laughs> disaster, <laughs> yeah, know? that's yeah, the You got to make it right. Yeah, so are you guys you guys staying staying near like I ninety five, like closer to Jersey, or are you guys like? No, let's just get about, to the bottom of we're this. About <laughs> yeah. We're about twenty minutes out from the job site. Mm. I will turn my data on. Like maybe Warrington, Warrington, right maybe yeah. something. Let's see, Yard Yardley. Oh, you're staying in Yardley, Yardley? Yeah. dude. I live in Yardley. He lives across the bridge. Yeah. Well, we're taking Sunday off. Shit, they might have gone to Steve's. <laughs> they might have gone to Steve's. And oh, Langhorn. No. no, we didn't go to Steve's because uh. of the pictures that we saw. But oh, can okay. we pull up Steve's Prince of Steaks in Langhorn? That's the one we're talking about here. Is that the one? 
I frequent this establishment. <laughs> I don't frequent it that much, but I definitely have eaten there a few uh, times. This place? No, because it had horrible reviews. It had, oh, wait. I think it could have been. Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, Gerald Nelson. He's got the roach in there. No, I think a little bit further down. Mm, this could have been it. Oh, gosh. All right. Oh! That's a fake fucking roach. Is it? Yeah. That has to be. That, that looks like a, a fake, fake bug. Uh, Look at it. It's plastic. Dang, I feel bad now. Yeah, you trashed it. Steve's nice Prince of Steaks is still strong, and I've eaten there. and proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to Steve's tonight. <laughs> Who jokes that, and does that? Yeah, though? why the some, fuck would you Some do that? hater. They got That's haters. pretty messed up. Can we talk about that for, like, Google reviews? So... It's tough because I'm always worried about, like, people leaving. A, I mean, we don't have any bad interactions, but anybody could go on there and do something of this yeah, nature. It's, it's a rough deal. It's happened to us because of a past business relationship I had that kind of fell apart. Yeah. Um, not in the the best of ways. Yeah. Um, decisions were made and had to, you know, had to be made. And there was a customer that was affected of it. And, like, he felt upset by it, even though the situation was explained to him. Yeah. And he left a review on a newer businesses page. Mm. And, like, I was like, well, what can we do about this? And, you know, at the time, um, the partner I had, like, reached out and tried to rectify. And it was yeah. just like, no. Nah. No recourse. And then I had, like, back in the day, we were flipping houses in Philly. And we used the designer, and she sucked. And, like, hooked me up with, like, another contractor to do work for us who really screwed us over. And she left me a one-star review on a business that wasn't even established yet. Wow. And That's I literally messaged her, and I was like, can you take this down? Like, when we're, re like, we're not setting this business. We're, like, in setting this up. Like, it doesn't even, you're reviewing a business that doesn't exist yet. It's wow. separate from this construction relationship. And I swear yeah. to God, if you had, I told her via text, I was like, if you had a fucking Google page, I'd burn your page down. <laughs> I wouldn't even leave you a review. I would, I would, I would do something. I would, I don't know what I would do, but you were called like, we are suing everybody involved here and we're going to be suing you now. And you have the balls to like, and we, we worked it out. Yeah. And we ultimately didn't even set that business up or like finish setting that up. Cause like other lucrative things popped up that were more. That's you know, another but, thing though. But it's like people, there's no, there's no way to like, say like whether or not this person you can put you can make a million fake google accounts yep. and give yourself five star reviews yep. if you wanted to float your like there's no there's nothing to it that's why like the content game is the Where real business and then the second thing is like referrals like our business operates predominantly like we do get leads through social media but I would say 90% of our leads come through word of mouth. They're like, we heard yep. from this person. We saw you, this house you built for our friend. We want that. And that's like, that's why the way we take care of customers is so important to us. Yeah. Because one customer can get you 10 customers. Yeah, I would say and it the like builds. Like, it's like, okay, so you start with 10. Each one of the, even if five of those first 10 customers give you 10 more, yeah. that's 50 leads. Like, what do you, if you're but new in business and you don't get that? Them. Yeah, and if you take care of them, and you also have to like push on them a little bit in the beginning of your business, be like, hey, we really need help getting our name out there. Like, can you, you know, whatever. And then you have people commenting on Facebook groups and stuff like that. Like, Lower Milkfield Yardley is a great place to live. It's like, oh, who needs a deck? Like, any deck recommendations? Like, we don't really, I mean, we will build decks, but like, big decks. <laughs> and <laughs> it's, um, 
but like you'd be like, oh, this company, and they'll tag us, and we'd be like, look, look. They're like, we can't get to it next week, like you'd like us to. But yeah. if you want us to do it, we can do it. But it's always like, even if it's something we don't do anymore or don't want to do, yeah. it's always great to have people like shouting yeah, yeah, out yeah. there. I have like, not to say we're above certain things, but we have evolved to a point where like we shouldn't be doing certain things. You know what I'm saying? Like we mm. shouldn't. I, I I can't like I can't waste a whole day the amount of TV. Yeah. Like we have we we have certain needs as a company. You know we have certain operational costs and we have certain needs. So like we need a full day's work or at least a half a day's work. You know. And I don't think we'll it's call a bad your local handyman with yeah. a level and lag bolt that bitch in <laughs> and have them. You know, it doesn't. Well, one thing you doesn't mentioned require. How do you AV find thing. a good designer? Because we've met so many, and I swear, like this is a huh, this is a nuclear kind of conversation yes. here. This well, is not some. I don't know if we're gonna go down this road. I might just get out of control. Is it possible? I've never met one that I want to work with again. We let's say. we have a designer that we're working with now. Our most recent relationship. She so far is very amazing. But she'll only do, and she was very upfront with us, she'll yeah. only do, like, three of our projects at a time. And the amount of projects she's doing at a time? Yeah. Three. Well, So it's like, she's like, this is the amount I can do to deliver the quality. Other designers we have say like yes that. to everybody. And next thing you know, a one or two person crew is doing 40 fucking jobs. And when you call them, they, like... They'll get back to you, but it won't be with the accuracy you need. Or is that what it is? Like, why is the? I in my experience, it's inexperienced. So much... It's a hobbyist business. Okay, it's like being a realtor. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I'm. Exactly. I'm just gonna be a realtor. It's like, but there's a huge difference between being a realtor and being that guy who's a realtor who's making millions of dollars a year. Like that dude gets it. They're connecting people. Like even if they're not making money, like I talked to a realtor friend of mine the other day who was trying to sell us a project in South Jersey that we're probably going to pass on. Mm -hmm. But he literally starts the phone call out with, yo, what's up, man? How, how are you doing? I'm like, good. How are you doing? He's like, all right, cool. Like, this is what I got, blah, blah, blah. How's things? How's this? And at the end of the conversation, he's like, yo, is there anything I can do for you? Like, is there anything outside of this conversation that you need? And I'm like, interesting. like that guy is a high-level yeah. performer. Like, he is not to be played around with when it comes to the real estate game. He understands the social paradigm, He understands, yeah. like, when we were younger in business, and, like, he probably couldn't even afford to do this, he was, like, getting 10 pizzas and dropping them off at the firehouse and then going to the police station and dropping 10 pizzas off, Damn. shaking in hands, knowing everybody's name in a room, like, helping people. Like, he would hear so-and-so had a problem, and he would figure out a way to solve it for them. And it, he wouldn't even make any money. He Like, it was outside of real estate. Yeah. He built himself up as, like, a pillar of the community. So now when business gets done, it involves him yeah. on every level. So it's like people don't realize. And, like, designers are the type of people where it's like, I'm going to be a designer. I'm going to make houses nice. It's like, okay, what? What does that mean? Because, like, making houses look good in Pinterest pictures or Instagram pictures and serving a client are two different things. Gilmar, make sure you get me out of this conversation yeah, before I get it. too you fired up. It. You nailed it. <laughs> no, you, there there is go. a and massive difference between those still images and actually handling the – dude, logistically, it's a nightmare. Like, I would never want their job. Yeah, and I went to school for architecture. Yeah. So, like, I know how to design our projects on, like, almost all levels, right? So, like, when someone designs and they're so inferior at it yeah. or they're not serving the project, 
and like solving the problems. They're just making pretty things and expending money. Yeah. It's like solve like great design is solved with like intent. It's like this is the problem. This is what the space is going to be used for. We are going to make it that no more, no less. Like you don't want to build it too shitty, but you don't want to overbuild it. Because a lot of times what designers do is they like, they want the clout. So they like put fixtures and they pick it out and then like what the project you bid, it's like holy shit, like the the plumbing fixtures budget just went times 10 yeah but then so it's like what you budgeted 10 grand for you now got to like all right, our customers can spend 100 grand on plumbing fixtures this isn't realistic like you picked all the nicest shit like you you like they don't they they go for like the visuals yeah it's rare that you find a designer that's like understands the, they're solving problems yes they teach that in architecture school or at least in the school I went to, they're yeah. like, you're not when you're make they te- they they bring you back down to such a like a level you feel like a fucking child, and they're like, what is your space doing? And you're like, my space is it's a room, god damn it! And they're like, no, but what is what are they experiencing in your room? Why are you, why is your wall curved here? Uh, and you would get into these critiques with like prof- high level architects would come and like multiple times a semester critique your project, uh, and you would have to like defend your project and if you didn't know exactly why the fuck you were doing things a certain way or have a amazing bullshit answer like they would rip you apart and you'd leave there being like why am i an architect you ever play minecraft no never i I would imagine that would interest you to build little houses Nah, yeah i I was building sim city and like roller coaster tycoon and shit like that when i was a kid yeah it was like (laughs) i was launching kids off of roller coasters into the lake i've built so many minecraft houses yeah i don't I know what Minecraft. I know Minecraft's a game. Yeah. Um. That's the extent of probably what I know about Minecraft. <laughs> yeah. Not with it. Like that's just something I haven't gotten into yet. Yeah. Maybe next week. Maybe next week you'll see me and I'll be like, look real tired, and you'll be like, yo, what happened? You can get it on your phone. Stay up all night. Don't say things like that. You can get it on your phone. Play Minecraft. Yeah, go PC though. Oh, shit, PC dude. or console. Much better experience. Yeah. yeah true. But like going back to what you said, like. I mean, I don't even know how long ago. We're in the fucking wind tunnel. Yeah. But you were talking about, like, being a good installer and not necessarily being a good manager or whatever. Like, your what you do is a trade. Leadership is a separate trade. So, like, when I got honest with myself and realized that I was a shit leader and focused, like, purely on becoming a leader, like, as dumb as that sounds, like, I'm going to be a leader – like, I literally, like, would read books on leadership, yep. follow people, listen to leadership podcasts. Like, like I, ar- like, I already read a lot, so then, like, I get into these wormholes where I read about, like, one subject. And I went, like, two years straight of just, like, what does it mean to be a good leader? And, like, now when I deal with things, like, I'm much less reactive. I can still be reactive because that's just, like, my personality, uh-huh. dealing with it. But, like... Back in the day, I would just be pissed off for no re- I'd be like, this didn't go right. But now it's like, all right, we need to coach this person. Like, this person's not, like, on board. We didn't communicate clearly. Like, when you have a problem with your business, it's always 100, almost, I don't even say almost, all the time, 100% of the time, it's a leadership problem. A good Some- leader takes responsibility in this sense. He understand. He makes it his problem. You don't blame the staff member. You blame yourself and say, I didn't teach this person well enough. Yeah, like I had an issue where I had a couple of our guys out on a new construction site yesterday, like solving a bunch of problems for me. 
And I was so busy yesterday. Drive, I was driving around like a maniac. And I came and one of our best guys, I communicated to him what I thought was very clearly and then left very quickly. Like I was like, I have to get to this meeting. I'm already fucking late. And then I came back and what didn't happen was what I wanted. Like it just wasn't what I wanted to happen. I communicated with him today about it. I'm like, look, dude, like don't take this personally, but like I fucking failed you. Like, I don't understand how you didn't understand what I was saying, but I also know that I rushed out of there. I didn't give you the time I needed. I didn't make sure you thoroughly understood this. Like, I did expect you to get it, and you did say you did get it, but, like, what I said and what I got were so fucking different Mm. that I failed. I failed. Like, it could have been easy for me to, like, blame him for it and make it a him thing, but it was really a me thing. And it took years of failing to realize that it's always me. Yep. But that's what I, separates you as a good leader. Getting you earn better. Respect. You don't yeah. command respect. You earn it. Well, I also, when you, when you do what we're trying to do as a business, you have to also be comfortable with hiring people that know more than you. Mm. Or you're never going to go anywhere. Gilmore, I constantly come up with ideas. I'm like, what do you think, Gilmore? Gilmore's like, hmm nah, that's not going to work because of this. And I'm like, okay, I don't keep pushing on it. But sometimes I come on like, this is what we want to do. And he's like, all right, I can make that work. Let me figure this other part out that you don't fucking understand because you don't get what I do. But that's good. He's shooting you straight. He's telling you honest, you know, it's good. Yes. You don't want to surround yourself with yes Yes, people and you want to, you want to hire people. Like I always thought that the reason I went to architecture school was because like in construction, I was growing, and then I found myself in meetings or in conversations where I was like, I didn't really fully understand what was going on, and I felt inferior. So I was like, all right, I'll go to school. I'll go back to school and learn more of a trade so that, like, when I'm having conversations, I really, really know what's going on. And in doing that, I realized I was like, I don't need to know what's going on. If I'm the best at this, I can hire people that are the best at what they do like you or like our electrician and like explain to them what my problem is and then trust that you're going to, you know, steer our ship where it needs to go. And that's leadership. So I didn't even need to go to architecture school. I kind of like through my struggle through architecture school, that's when I kind of really got into leadership. Cause then I was like, all right, well now I'm going to lead people like this, is what I'm going to do. Like I want to be a good leader because that's how you grow a business. And I knew being a good leader meant growing the business well. And that's basically all it was. Like, So I selfishly got into leadership because I was like, I knew I wasn't doing a good job at it, and I wanted to do a good job at it. And then once I really understood what it meant to be a good leader and realized like how I had to become like a tradesman in that field as well and practice that art form, that's when I was like, oh, okay. It's like the same thing with jujitsu. It's like the more and more I, I lead – the more and more I like feel like, oh man, I got a lot more to learn. So it's just kind of like, it's all, you know. Yeah. We're cool. all works in progress. We're all beautiful. Yeah, men. we are. <laughs> well, it's a part of being human, you know, like yeah. the leadership thing and human being human, you know, I think like the person that's more human, that's consciously thinking compared to unconsciously will like let more of themselves go and now give people a better you know, example of who you are by saying, okay, this person obviously has emotion. He's not scared to show it compared to other people who it's like, they're just so straight on. And it's like, oh, this person never gets angry or anything like that. But 
behind the scenes, he lets it all out. Like, if you could be transparent as possible and just being as human as possible, you know, I think that can get you to be the best leader possible, too, you know, because mm. leaders tend to be, like, so direct and stuff like that, but they don't, you know, as everybody's human, I'm no different than anybody, and nobody else is different than any of us. So, like, if you just treat somebody like a human, like, straight, like, you know, they have emotion, they have things going on, you know, think about everything else that could happen, I think you can get to, a, like, a, a level where understanding is, you know, like a big part of it, just understanding that everybody goes through everything, you know, nobody has, or some people get it easier than others, but you can't Learning look curve, at it like yeah. that. You know, I never look at anybody saying like, oh, well, this person has a car and I have to buy my own, you know, it's like, I like earning my own things, you know, and that brings me back to jujitsu and bring me back to unity, like integrity, that instructor at unity had the most integrity, like besides you guys here, like, it's very far and few that you see a lot of integrity integrity and being at that school showed me like he puts his blood sweat and tears into the school like he slept there like that was his home for a while and he had uh 500 students he remembered everybody's name he it was just that's impressive Murillo Murillo yeah um how he teaches is so is just like what you want you know like it makes you go there and like you're like, I need to be doing 110%. Because why am I wasting my time, his time, if I'm not being 110%? And then you carry that. And it's hard to find that. Because if you find that, then you can carry that throughout life. And being like, well, why am I lazy here when I'm not lazy there? And then if you're not lazy throughout life, then you get the most potential out of your life. Yeah. But that, I don't know. That's just Well, that's like high performers. Like you see people that go from like being a high performer in one area and then they transition into a different area and they find success in that area too. And people think they just have like a gift, but that gift is like they work. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, that's hard work. Pareto principle. (laughs) Yeah. Have you heard of this thing? What The Pareto principle. So like 10% do the bulk of the work. Mm. So 10% are carrying 90% of everybody. Yeah, and I think I might have heard that. It mathematically before. plays out like even they did a study where like they did they ran Monopoly and no matter what, that ten percent like the money went to the ten percent every single time. Like you can see it play out socially, financially, in every facet of human life. Check it out. Uh I think Peterson did a podcast on it. It was pretty cool. Pareto principle. Jordan um, Peterson? Yeah, 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 yeah. That dude, that guy is uh I've read one of his books. I have one more to get through. Holy what shit. What do you think? What He's do you think? In, it's, uh, you read that stuff and you're just like, wow. Yeah. Like, you definitely feel, at least for me, like, I felt very, like, when I read the first one, which were, um, I think, the 12 Rules. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the first book he did that was, like, from the, the Quora um, website that he started, like, he started that forum, and he, like, kind of just ultimately evolved a book into, like, the 12 Principles um, some of that part of that book was like really hard to read because it was like you like I felt very like vulnerable reading it. I'm like, oh wow, like puts this makes tons. It, yeah, it puts things into perspective. It it draws a, a lot of light to you know, um, flaws I have or things that I've done or different things like that. Where it's just like, huh, that's I understand this now. So I get it. Yeah. Another good book, um, uh, the, uh, James Clear. He's uh, he writes the Power of Habits. 
Mm. Um, that book really helped me out because I used to think it was about a goal, but it's more about a strategy, you know, like, uh, setting up a strategy is definitely more time, but setting up a goal is easy. I could say, I want to set a goal to have a million dollars, but is that feasible? Is it possible? It can be, but if you have a strategy, figuring out a way to get to the end goal, which at the end of it, it is a goal, but if you have a strategy built for it and multiples, then you can kind of pick and choose and kind of narrate how it can go. Um, I like that book because it helped me methodically plan my days better, like my work, my eating with jujitsu and training. Um, I used to just think like, oh, I'm going to wake up, work and train, but it's not as easy as that when you have to try to plan your eating for having fuel later. You got to pack your bag. You got to make sure you eat and hydrate. Yeah. You got to make sure you're wa- like you're drinking water so that you're not getting up to pee in the middle of the night. Yeah. Things like or that. Or being too dehydrated, like not drinking enough, and then like the next morning you're like a starfish. You're just like, what is going on? Your body's <laughs> tensing up. Like you're just like. Yeah. I just pick, picture Steve the starfish, <laughs> like can't get out of bed, like just locked up. Well, so the ceiling's dripping on him. Was, <laughs> when we had that conversation before, like um, the sleep, like lack of sleep. Uh, when I was a technician at BMW, I would wake up at 5.50 every day get out of work at 4.30, go to Newark train station by 5.20, take the train into New York at 6, uh, get there at 6.20. Class would be at 6.30. I would train from 6.30 to 9.30, and then I would take the train home, and I would get home, I'd eat dinner at 11.30, shower, bed by 12, 12.30, waking up at 5.50 in the morning. Damn, fuck that. After Beast, so but... long... It, it it mentally drained me and my body, and then it made me realize, like, okay, I'm not going to be a jiu-jitsu world champion, which is totally fine, you know? Yeah. I, I love working, and I love training, but you got to separate the things. Like, being really real with yourself is sometimes, like, the most thing that you don't want to do, but, like, you know, you get caught up in, like, the moment with, like, you're training really hard, and you're like, okay, like, all these people are competing, and then they're traveling, but then you're like, I'm working. Like, I don't want to spend my money traveling and competing because like i have like a life to live for you know other people think differently which is totally fine but um it comes down to being real with yourself i think like knowing what you want like i want to have an ideal like little house or rv by the beach you know i don't want to be stuck in the rat race of like flying here and flying there to you know do something that posts a picture just for something you know like Mm. i like the hard work and you could find um other schools that are not like that, that aren't in major cities and stuff like that, but it's hard to. Back to the review thing, like, I wanted to bring this up because there's a lot of places that you look up reviews, and they're totally fake, too. Like, you, it's deception of, like, you want to go to a place that's good, you know? Like, you go mm. to, like, you or the Wire Ninjas to get good work, you know? You check the reviews, they're honest. But a lot of things I've encountered with, certain like schools or stuff i'm not going to mention any but yeah jiu-jitsu community is small i don't yeah. want somebody to come up and rear naked choking me at the restaurant later. <laughs> but like there's a business to jiu-jitsu and then there's the caring for jiu-jitsu you know like people pay and they want to get promoted for me i want to put in the hard work and get it when it's earned you know yeah i could never I've trained at a, Dra- uh, a Gracie Academy, and they, they follow, like, a strict, like, curriculum. Mm-hmm. It's, like, Tuesday, February 2nd, okay, we're doing, you know, like, whatever, yeah. and we're doing, like, arm bars today. 
And it's like if you show up for an, if you get your card checked enough times, like then you get a blue belt. Then you get your card checked enough times, and you get your purple belt. And it's like people learn, be like, oh, I've been here two years. I've attended class three times a week. My purple belt's coming. Wow, and I'm like, weird. yeah, but I'm I'm a blue belt, and I'm fucking your ass mm-hmm. up. Yeah. So it's like changing to like a comp gym or a gym that just like doesn't care about that. Mm-hmm. Way better because yeah. you're you're getting people there that like there are, there's tons of people in the belt race. Yeah, and I, I think it's like okay, like I do think like having the belt like is is very representative of like where you are on your journey. I don't disrespect that at all, mm-hmm. but like there has to be a level of like responsibility on the gym yeah. and the coaches and prefer. Uh, I almost said professors in Spanish. My bad. Uh, <laughs> I was like, go oh, professor. Yeah. Um, to like see everybody as an individual and be like, look, dude, this guy is maxing out his knowledge at this level like he's ready for the he he is at the next level Mm -hmm. as an individual not because he came to the gym like if you come for five years straight and you still don't you still get you know your guard taken really easily like you shouldn't level up yeah Yeah. like that belt is representative of like this isn't karate like this isn't like show up and throw front kicks like it's representative of like your time and your knowledge of the sport so like i i trained a lot of different open mats and you Mm -hmm. go to different gyms and it's like oh my belt means more than yours does at a lower like a lower rank could mean more than upper rank like when you get into rolling you're like wait a minute you're a brown belt Mm -hmm. it's like oh that makes me feel kind of weird like you don't you don't have it so So i get what you're saying that happened to me like when I came from, when I went to Unity, I thought getting beaten up every day was, like, the thing, you know? Like, I was like, oh, I'm just getting smashed every day. But then when I went to another school, it made me realize how much better it made me, you know? Like, mm. getting smashed every day is the lesson you need in jiu-jitsu. Like, it, it, it should never be an easy thing. You should never just be submitting people. Like, it's a fighting sport. Like, you need resistance, you know? Like, mm. and it's, I don't know, it's kind of upsetting, like, when you go to another school and it's not upsetting that like somebody has a higher belt than you, but it's upsetting that they were almost deceived. Mm. It's, and it's hard to say that because some people are like, well, I put in the time and effort. And you were saying like three days a week for a year to two years. It's like, I don't know. It's really about being honest with yourself. You know, like, well, I knew a girl at uh, movement art that was a blue belt when I started there and she eventually got her purple belt. But, like, she won a world title. At, like, she was kicking everybody's ass at mm. blue. It's like, and when they gave her a purple belt, like, we rolled that night. And I was like, I said to her, I was like, congratulations. I was like, no offense, this was long overdue. Like, you've been yeah. smashing everyone in the yeah. world yeah. at blue belt. Like, this, yeah. this, you, you, I already saw you at least a purple belt. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, when I saw I was like, this is kind of fucked up. Then people will come into our gym and they look at your blue belt and they're like, oh, a blue belt girl. Mm-hmm. But they don't realize that, like, like she's one of the best in the world so it's like kind of like it's like a weird representation like the belt is more for you Mm -hmm. than it is for other people people think they can come into a gym and like identify the skill based upon the belt and like i have found that to not be true yeah it gets weird there's so much going on there's clicks it gets clicky Mm. you know people only roll or train with other people or same thing, like, I'm a bigger guy. Like, nobody wants to roll with me. Mm. <laughs> I'll roll with anybody. Like, I'm open. Like, I'm there to learn. Like, I, I keep a very open book when I go to class. Like, I'm there to do two things. Number one is learn. 
And number two is to be a good student and to be a good partner. Like, yeah, I, I want to help my fellow student teach him anything and everything I possibly can. Like, dude, if a guy's day one or even if a guy's like, like, I'll get into like I'm a white belt, like I'll get into it blue belts. And like, if I'm smashing the guy, I'm like, I'll take it down a notch. And like, you know what I'm saying? Like, or same thing. If a guy's like day one, like you don't sit there and smash the kid. Yeah. Like, so like, all right, let's play guard. You know what I'm saying? Like, try to pass my guard or I'll pass your guard, stuff like that. Like. I try to conform, you know, I try to be malleable and conform to whoever it is I'm rolling with. Mm. But I'm, I'm there to learn and I'm there to teach. That's the, f- you know? the problem I have with, like, sometimes with competition gyms is, like, they don't conform. Yeah. It's, yeah. like, that's how my wrist got fucked up. But, dude, you it's don't. Like, like, it's, like, I was, like, holy shit, like, you almost just fucked my, my entire hand up. Like, uh, they're, like, oh, well, like, I got to protect myself. And I'm, like, dude, like, you're you're a Jedi legend and I'm just, like, a new Jedi. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Like, why aren't you, like, teaching me things? Like, why are you just trying to fucking hurt me? So like, weird. And it's, like, that per I, I told that person, I was, like, dude, the, you're the only person I've ever been fearful rolling with. Well, there's, there's and like, guys. I hoped, I, I did not mean that as an insult, but I did mean to be, like, look, like, I don't know how any other way to say this. Like, yeah. you are not, like, I am never rolling with you again. Yeah, there's guys like, you don't want to roll with. The, you said it perfectly. It's, like. The, the the fondness I have for the sport is that, like, if you don't have a partner, there is no jujitsu. Yep. So, like, you have to respect the other person you're training with. And, like, if you hurt them, you no longer have a partner. That so, what people don't realize is when you take on a teaching role in any facet of life, in any knowledge, understanding, whatever, art form, when you take on that teaching role, you gain a, a much different perspective on things. Mm. You learn in a sense, and you learn things that you would not normally learn when you're the student. When you become the teacher, you gain a whole different perspective, and to me, that's a beautiful thing. It should be appreciated. People don't see that. They don't, they're not aware of this. I'm very yeah. aware of this, so for me, teaching is a beautiful thing. You know, mm. uh, y- you actually learn more <laughs> than smashing. You yeah. know? Yeah, Smash. I agree. Yeah, usually yeah. when I teach someone how to do a certain thing, Exactly. I feel like I learned a little more about it. Yep. Because yeah. you kind of, it's a refresher. You remind yourself of how to do things. And every now and then you're like, oh shit, I could do it this way. Yeah. Gilmar and I put her, put each other to sleep in the conference room all the time. Hell yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, let's get bats. <laughs> let's get bats. Yeah, let's do it. I do. I have the, the mats are rolled up in my mom's garage. We can put them in the truck anytime, dude. Roll in the fucking conference room. What's up? Teach me some John will regret us moving the podcast studio into here. <laughs> He'll just come in one day and the door won't open all the way. He's like, what the fuck? You'll be shit. like, take your shoes off. <laughs> Bow. <Hey>, Bow. <laughs> come into my dojo. Yeah, that'd be a great time. But, uh, dude, you guys were a great guest. I'm glad that, like, the universe aligns and we could get this going. Yep. But uh, I do want to say the, f- the funniest thing I heard all day was we had a customer ask um, Jose about how, like, a, a um a wi-fi repeater was gonna work mm-hmm. and you're like yeah man it travels through matter <laughs> <laughs> and that dude sean's mind was blown by that dude when i was a kid like i used to pretend to have a laboratory like like some people like they'd be like a spaceman or fireman or policeman or whatever like we used to pretend to have a laboratory me and my cousin john like science was my thing it's it's always been my interest i've you know it's it's just always been on my mind and Actually, I start school this coming year for engineering, and I'm gonna take this thing further. You know, oh, it's yeah. just for me. Like, I I run a successful company, and I have no reason to go to school but my own interests, and for the fact that it could take provide him a better life. You know, the company it could raise the company up, provide him a better life too. Mm. But 
yeah, I'm going to be a scientist. Yeah. I will be a scientist. That's awesome. I didn't have the opportunity, but I created the opportunity for myself. To me, it's beautiful. Yeah, dude, congratulations. Finally a shotgun, dude. Yeah, you you haven't been shooting a lot this episode. Yeah, 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 no. yeah, you need stingers. Those are called stingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. we got a whole bunch. I was going to ask you if you had a soundboard. Yeah, we got kind of a little soundboard here. Can you like elf music? Elf music? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I would have been hitting stingers the whole time. Sometimes he does. Like people it will say, people get in here and they're like real passionate. Yeah. Not that you lack passionate, yeah. but it'll be like on some sort of like, you know, mission, and yeah. they'll be like, say something, go and be like, boom, yeah. and they'll be like, yeah, they'll get all what the, f- like what the hell? Well, know. it's hard, dude. You got to have chemistry and see. Like, it took us a little while to get the the wheels moving, but you establish chemistry over time. You know, yeah. for it's it's you guys have a difficult job here because you're meeting someone for the first time. So you're either gonna have chemistry or not have chemistry or develop it over the course of time. We've made like a whole bunch of really good friends from yeah the podcast. Yeah, it's been a really great like journey so far. We've yeah. only had like one or two people that I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm carrying the episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's tough. It's tough because you you it's live. You're trying to bounce, you know, hot mics. You're trying to bounce off each other. And again, it's not easy to do with everyone or everything or every piece of subject matter that you may try to get across, you know. Yeah. It's a very hard thing to do this thing, mm-hmm. you know. It, it's a difficult job you guys have, but yeah. you're doing a great job, it looks Thanks. like. Yeah, yeah we yeah. try. Dude. I want to hear that board more, though. I love <laughs> yeah. soundboards. You hit him, uh, hit him with some more elf music. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's probably loud as fuck. Yeah, when you guys talk about reading books earlier, I've actually been reading a lot of books on communication because, mm-hmm. you know, this is a part of it. Yeah. But also just meeting people in everyday life. I feel like I like talking to people, but breaking the ice and getting that initial conversation was always hard for me. Yep. So I just started reading that recently. I think I've been reading, there's this small book my girlfriend got me. It was uh, what I learned in, it was like Communication 101. It's a small little blue book you can buy anywhere. It's like $10. And it has a lot of interesting theories on how you can persuade people, how you can give a good first impression, how you can break the ice. Then I started from that little book and kind of interested me into learning more about communication, like how you should respond to people, how you should show active listening and and um, find a common ground to find that chemistry, like you were saying. Yeah, so, yeah it's like it's kind of cool that you know it's. I can, you get I can to start, apply it. Yeah, I, I can start using it in real life now, and it's mm. like fucking worth. Communication like one hundred and one. You said it was something like that. Okay. I'll, I'll, I have your numbers. I'll send you guys the. Cool. the book. I gotta say, man, this is such a cool thing, dude. Like the fact that cameras—they aren't cheap, but they've gotten to a price point where this is attainable. Like where you and this technology, you know, it's gotten to a, a point where this is all attainable. Yeah, we have a nice construction company that uh, sponsors our <laughs> exactly, podcast. Exactly, exactly. So. I'm saying it's awesome. So, and it's yeah. envious. It's like this is so dope. I will keep say, going, I will say, the microphones, the headphones, and the um, the soundboard are easily obtainable for most people. Yeah, like, the that's roads. All, roads that, are nice. The road cat. I mean, I wouldn't know offhand, but we'll say a. Significantly less than a thousand dollars. Yeah, for sure. No, because you can buy it as a bundle. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely started sinking some money into it when we got into like the other equipment, like cameras, camera lenses, um, all this other cables and stuff. Don't don't freak out about our our wires here. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, sorry, dude. <laughs> um, people can't see the wires, yeah. but there's a spaghetti mess back here. <laughs> <laughs> um, the monitor was cheap as shit. That was like two hundred forty bucks on Amazon. Fucking. <laughs> Rob that Amazon. <laughs> uh, there's like 
child, child children in China or something making my TVs. <laughs> His kids on a on a tear with Amazon. I I don't buy an Amazon anymore. I don't know. Yeah, I rarely do. Local. I do go to Whole Foods though. I love Whole Foods. Yeah, <laughs> that's wonderful. Over there's there. no uh, TV manufacturers local, so we were forced to make the children make it in China. Sorry, but we got to bring them. We got to bring manufacturing back. But yeah. that's another episode. We're yeah, not gonna get down this episode. Right yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll bring you guys back in. Oh, for, for sure. sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, where do you want people to like find you at? Hit me up on IG at Wire Ninjas. I think that would be the best place, or just Google Wire Ninjas. Yeah. But I like IG. A lot of people hit me up there. It's a pretty cool platform to mm-hmm. you know communicate with people. Um, but yeah, hit me up. Questions, comments, suggestions, whatever. Hate, love. <laughs> yeah. I'm there for you. <laughs> Legit, dude. Hell yeah. So thanks for coming on. Um, Hit the subscribe button. Follow us. Follow the Wire Ninjas. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Share us with a friend. If you enjoyed this episode, share us with a friend or you're listening for free. (laughs) And that's where we'll leave it. So thanks for listening and thanks for coming on.